Hi, this is Myrna Babbings from Glenview in Saskatchewan, and you're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. Thanks for the house coat, guys. And Chris, take a seat, son. I'm taking your spot on the roster. This is Steve McIntyre, formerly the Brock Blues, and you're listening to the Monday News. Right Right off the draw, Billy. It's Colton Orr and Steve McIntyre, two of the heavyweights. Oh, jab by McIntyre early on. Now Yablonski's out there, and he and Steve McIntyre are going to throw down. Now the big Mac attack, 6'6", 260 pounds. Oh, oh that's the big guy, McIntyre. And Brashier, that's there he goes. called up for him. Gloves are dropped. McIntyre and Brashier. Hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 75 of the Monday Nooner podcast. The podcast, as always, brought to you by our two title sponsors, co-title sponsors out in Rosetown, Saskatchewan. That would be Rosetown Mainline Motors and Mainline Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram and Rosetown. Both the OG, the original king of trucks, both worth the drive every time to Rosetown, Saskatchewan for that next vehicle purchase. And later on in the show, we'll tell you about some of what they have going on uh, here in October at the King of Trucks. Going to introduce the guys here uh, to kick off kick off the episode. Shane Belter, tell everybody what you skipped out on tonight to be with, to be with us. You made some uh, commitments to join us. Yeah, we made some sacrifices. Old Maggie skipped out on singing lessons tonight, so she will not be serenading us and uh, does not hurt my feelings. She had been plus 39 in that uh, building tonight. Yeah, so uh, missing out on the old uh, CCR, proud Mary. So thanks for making it this week, Belts. And uh, Barney's back again this week. What is that, three in a row? The trifecta? Who had that on their bingo card? Not me. You would have told me (laughs) three weeks ago. Partially back because I wasn't here for the interview this week. So I'm kind of just, yeah, taking in in the first two periods and uh, not here for the interview, which is supposed to be fantastic. You know, before we get into our come up and uh, that part of the show, we got to go back to the intro there. How about some love for our lady, Myrna Babbings, for sending in that uh, liner? Appreciate that. What a weapon she is, eh? Rocking who doesn't love Myrna? Like, who doesn't love her? She's basically the most famous person in Glen Ewan right now. That, yeah, that, you, you know what? It's, you always want those people that are going to go above and beyond. And yeah. they're, you know, obvious to say that that Myrna is that kind of person. So hats off to her. Um, the next time you're going through. Or house, co- house coats off to her. <laughs> house coats. Yeah. To be more, uh, yeah, yeah, she's uh, a commitment there. She's got a nice, strong hug for me coming up next time I see her. First time I see her, we should do, uh, we talk about getting on the road. We should do a big six hockey league live, uh, game. But before, go to Glenn Ewan, go to Myrna's basement, play a little shuffleboard. Hey, have some care, uh, progies and cabbage rolls down their belts in that basement that we saw that one week, and uh, yeah, live show. Be buzzing, boys. I'll bring the salt for the shuffleboard table. I'm fine with going to do some of these live things. And yeah, we, we've talked about it way too much and they're shallow promises. The problem is we need a driver. 
because we yeah. we all know we're going to be sucking back a few too many last mountains or gws and then you, you know especially shane and i we got to be back for hockey the next morning brando awesome. you doesn't matter you can be back monday morning but uh <laughs> yeah we, we're a little different my work area is in the big six like i don't know if they ever play during the week but I'd schedule some work around that. Maybe spend a Wednesday night in a small towel room, be a VIP at the uh, at the game between the Mydale Saints and the. <laughs> it's not the Mydale Saints, but Mydale and Mustangs. Whoever, right? Drop the puck. Anyway, let's get into our uh, the come up this week. Yeah, you said uh, you said you've been contacted by a, a couple of prospective uh, clients uh, or new sponsors, so. Somebody will be filling that hole momentarily. Coming up in the program, we uh, let's get the senior hockey stuff right off the right off the hop. We have been talking to somebody every week, and this week we're joined by El Presidente of the Coppell Valley Hockey League, Chris Pollock, also known as Paco, comes in, sheds some nice light on what they're doing with that league, and then a little bit with the Highway Hockey League. Yeah, so Paco stops in. Uh, oh, we have some tirades this week. Some real hot under the collar uh, tirades. Um, I've been revved up all week. So those are my two parts of the come up. You guys can talk about. Uh, like I said, I wasn't there for the interview. Yeah, former NHL player. This guy was a weapon, an absolute mutant on the ice. I know our buddy there from the Fourth Line Voice podcast. Uh, he did a poll for the toughest minor league players of all time, and Big Mac actually won that poll as the uh, toughest minor leaguer ever. So, yeah. Really? Steve McIntyre, huh. Brock Saskatchewan, just moved back home. He's starting to take over the family ranch. He'll talk about that. And, guys, a chance that he's playing senior this year. We'll ask him about that right off the top of the interview and see if he's going to be lacing him up in the uh, Sask West this season. Yeah, it was a good interview. Hey, did you guys give the come up to anybody, or should we fire somebody in there? I got a I got a little uh, little note here that uh, the damn smokehouse raised uh, five bucks towards truth and reconciliation and um, Quick Dick McDick, our friend, he donated five bucks from his toque sales, and uh, yeah, as of yesterday, they collected thirteen thousand two hundred twenty-five bucks. So uh, you know, big hats off to them uh, for doing what Tukes they off. do and and quick yeah, toques off, Quick Dick. Hey. And quick dick too. Speaking of Tukes, Shank. GB Kind of a good segue. GB freaking construction. Al Batters. What a humanitarian. He is back sponsoring Monday Nooner gear. Uh, and yeah, we have some snazzy Tukes coming. Nice. And for you that aren't from Saskatchewan or Canada that don't know what we're talking about, when we say Tukes, uh, like a wool hat. Right, stick home. Like a beanie, beanie, Big fuzzy yeah. beanie. A little bit of beanie. Yeah, they can have beanies, but yeah, we won't. Uh, we won't release them quite yet until we know um, when they're landing, and they're going to be a limited quality, but they are quality. Um, I don't know how, how else to put that. Thanks to GB Construction stepping up again with uh, with some gear, Beauties. weapons, weapons in uh, Kipling, and I got an office in Regina too, but doing work all over. Uh, Western Canada, so shout out to those guys. Uh, we do the shout outs normally around this time of the show, but I think we should skip ahead. I think we should do your guys' tirades now. Like I think we should change it up this week. Tirades, of course, brought to you by High Tech Profiles. We know Trent uh, Meyer and the rest of their uh, 
leadership team and group, bunch of Sasky weapons, locations in Saskatoon and Regina, your custom metal fabrication specialists, and uh, more than 25 years in Regina, just opened up business in Saskatoon. When it comes to any of that stuff, water, jet cutting, oxy fuel cutting, I don't even know what most of this stuff is, but uh, they do it. Press brakes, rolling, that whatever steel, steel needs you have. High tech profiles. Boys are buzzing. They do. Hey, Shank, do you want to? Should we like tag this one together? Because I think we're kind of going to go down the same path. Um, yeah. I got to read. I mean, we're. I got to read. Yeah. I got to read, read the email. email first. Okay. Read the email. I get really like I start to get sweaty and angry. Buzzing. You're vibing. All right. Okay. So here it is. And this isn't so much a shot at Hockey Regina as it is, I think the city of Regina as well. Yeah. I think they're yeah. a little bit more. So we get this email. The government of Sask proof of vaccination came into effect October 1st. Non-ticketed U18 sport is exempt from vaccine passports and city ranks, including the cooperator center. In our discussion with the city of Regina, they will be aligning themselves with provincial mandates for consistency sake. As it currently stands now, people will not have to show proof of vaccination or a negative test to enter a city rink or the cooperator center for a non-ticketed event. Some of our U15, U18 teams charge admission for entry, and these are not considered to be ticketed events. Therefore, proof of vaccination or negative tests are not required. Note that there are some arenas in the province that are requiring proof of vaccination. So when traveling, make sure you are aware of the requirements of the facility. All right, here is my freaking problem sorry if i'm gonna swear here because i probably am i think this is a lazy move why in the f are you not making people show that they're vaccinated when that is what the large majority of the world wants to do you cannot you cannot make it easy for unvaccinated people. Where have you been the last four weeks? That's where things are going. These people are going to have to be hermits. Now, the city of Regina, remember a few months ago when they cowboyed up and they went against the government and they said, we're going to masks. Look at us, big city of Regina. The city manager, Chris Holden, announced that we're going mask and the rest of the province were like, what? All right, if you're going to be a freaking cowboy, then be a cowboy. This was your chance to say, boom, you need to be vaccinated to get into all of our facilities. What did the soccer league do that my daughter's in? Proof of vaccination. Suck it. If you don't have it, you're not coming to watch your daughter, son, grandkid, whatever. You need to step up and be a freaking cowboy here. And it's probably a manpower issue. The last time I went to the cooperator center, there was about 78 people working. They're going to be fine. You need to do it. So I I don't know how long this is going to go. It just bothers me that everybody is tugging one way and probably the biggest sport entity in Regina and facilities wise for the city, they say, ah, you know what? We're not going to do it. That's yeah. fucking horse shit. Yeah, it is bullshit. And the biggest, I think the biggest thing is like, so I talked to some people at Hockey Regina. They don't want to, they do not want to be named. And they were saying that, you know, the city's take on it is 
like you said, I think it's manpower, Barney, that they're scared that if they implement it, somebody gets in that isn't vaccinated because they couldn't, you know, whatever. They open themselves up to litigation. Bullshit. Just set the precedent. We're in a pandemic. You're not. So I sent an email. Basically, I'm coaching my 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 little guys are it's it's a non-entity, right? I'm coaching five, six initiation, the little fellas scooting around out there. But I told them my parents, and I hope all the other coaches that are listening to this, my coach or my parents will be vaccinated or their kid will not be on the ice. Oh wow. Because I'm not opening it up to the rest of my kids being, you know, have having to get this. Where the stat is 96 or 98% of the kids under 12 that are getting it, the parents are unvaccinated. So I told him I was going to do this instantly got a phone call saying, go ahead, do whatever you want. But if we get a bunch of blowback from this, you may be forced to step down. So you're telling me that the one possible group of parents on my team out of say 13, I'm going to have enough blowback that you're going to make the volunteer coach step down. Fuck piss off. It's a joke. Why are we catering to people that are the absolute I don't even know the word for it, but I don't understand why we're catering to the 1% of the people right now. It makes no sense to me. Don't, you know what? If, if you are that selfish in 2021 and you're listening to some of these wackadoo doctors that are telling fine. If, if you are putting, this is the hill that you're going to die on could be literally, literally then go about it, but you're not going to be able to do anything. That's a privilege. And, Everything that we basically do is a privilege. Now, yeah. unfortunate that here our American listeners will chuckle. We have a flawed, in a way, healthcare system. Yeah. So it is. It is what it is. We're not going to change that part. Very unfortunate for the nurses and the doctors having to put up with this garbage. Second rant. Here we go. These people that are lining up outside of hospitals. And giving it to nurses and doctors. And I've heard other, not even just the big cities, some of the smaller cities. They're hanging out the back door. They're coming out. They're getting threatened. They're getting... Union of Nurses, pull a Riversdale here. You got lots of money. Make these people go away. Hire someone with a Louisville slugger to (laughs) sit out there. I'm not telling you to do this. And make these people go away. You're a huge union. You got lots of money. You can make shit happen. That is freaking garbage that these people have to be ridiculed for working in a hospital and keeping things afloat here. I got no qualms with Mo with the Saskatchewan government. They're in a tough spot. I wouldn't want that spot. And they're they yeah they're forcing. They didn't handle it as good as they could have, in my no. opinion. No, but I I, I agree. I don't but, handle my life as well as I could, also. So I can't judge. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, we were all sitting here how many months ago laughing at Manitoba about how they handled it, and hindsight, like everything being equal, they handled yeah. it way better than we we did. They put the passports in right away, and we're all like, "Oh, look at Manitoba." They're you know, yeah. Three months later, they kind of proved that the way they went about it, when you look at case numbers and everything, might have been the way to go. And I'm not saying Mo has an easy job or I would have done it any different, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I know that like that shit with the people up front, like my wife works at the hospital and she won't even, I'll ask and she doesn't even tell me because she knows the old heavy Chevy just go rolling in there because I just, it's so ridiculous. It just pisses me off. She comes home, she's working you know, the last six out of seven nights or days and she's just exhausted and has to go outside and deal with that shit when she's trying to save people's lives. It's just, drives you me said the, insane. you said the 1% of people, 
And it's too bad. It's it's more than one percent. Well, right? like it is right. But I'm just saying. But- my point is, on my team, I'm going to probably get. You know, the chance of me getting more than one set of parents out of thirteen is is probably pretty yeah. low. Is my point. But yeah, I know what you're saying about Buzz. the the funny thing was this week talking to a guy. Fuck, sorry, boys. I told you I was fired. Talking Love to it. a guy, and he's like, "No, man, they cannot put that in my body." And I'm like. Dude, I've watched you live for the last like 30 years. Your body's fucked. You've been putting in <laughs> bad drugs, bad food, bad everything. You don't even know what's in our water, man. And you're going to sit and criticize the smartest doctors in the history of the world, what they did to get these vaccines rolling. You're going to criticize them. And then later on tonight, you're going to go buy the cheapest weed mixed with who knows what. Give me a break, you freaking loser. Stay off the weed. Who are you, Snoop Dogg in a green room? Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. There, I'm done. You know who would like that tirade? My mom. Trent from High Tech Profiles. He's going to love that he sponsored that segment. He will love that one. That is the segment I want to sponsor. That is uh, right up his alley for sure. Trent will be proud. He'll be really proud of you, Arnie. I love that. His son uh, was in that hockey tournament in Saskatoon this week. His son's a damn good goalie. Benny. Yeah. Like, he's a stud. Real he's good. Seen some Twitter some Twitter stuff on that. Yeah, he's good. There you go. He Trent. follows us. He follows us on the ground. Benny Meyer. When he's in the show, he's going to be talking about uh, Monday we'll interview liking his stuff we, back in 2021. We should maybe do that. We should maybe do that. Start a little. We get a little slow this winter. Start a little segment. Interview some kids. Some kids yeah. on for a little quick jap. Might be kind of fun. Future stars. Yeah, That's yeah, not a bad star. idea, Belts. Right? That'd be a good idea. Get the boys buzzing. Get the kids learning to learn to talk into the mic. That'd be fun. That's uh we'll leave that up New to segment. you to we'll leave it up to you to check the stats and the box scores and find us the kids that are gonna be the yeah. next uh the yeah. next ste- senior hockey stud or something like that. <laughs> You'll have uh, no, I'll have dads, dads sending me videos. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Pavel Barber style. Yeah. Mom's- uh yeah, well that's uh that's the tirade hunting, fishing, collectible, gambling segment this week, uh, but all tirade this week. So, yeah, I guess uh, let's keep things moving along and, and get into a bit of a lighter situation with the shout outs this week. And I got to start out with our friends from Synergy AG, and I feel like an absolute idiot about this. So <laughs> every day, pretty much every day, I drive through LaJord. And I've always seen the Synergy AG sign. I'm like, is that a for sure like retail location or is that just a little whatever, but I've driven by it probably 180 to 100 times in the last three months. And then I go on the show and I'm like listing off their locations. And I always seem to think Sinalud is on there, but I've never mentioned LaJord where they actually do have a hidden gem as Jesse Anderson calls it. So uh, shout out to Synergy AG LaJord location and all the weapons that work there. They haven't been getting any love here on the show. So Let's let's throw it up to them. Weapons. Next time you go by there, take them a hat. Let them fight over it. But and a sticker. I don't have any hats left. Well, I got some in the garage. And I have to stop by Jesse Anderson's because he told me he was going to borrow me the uh, Slapshot DVD like eight months ago, <laughs> in uh, in turn for a shirt or something. So yeah, maybe I'll swing by Jesse's hot tub there. Have a couple yeah. of October G Dubs and these nice uh, nice days. But oh. shout outs this week. Synergy AG. All right. You know who I want to give a shout out to? And 
it's people probably don't listen and we haven't mentioned it in a long time off the start of the show and near the end unless we go back to shank's deep cuts is uh fran moran and the nervous rex like those songs i you know when you don't listen to them for a while and you plop them back in so the band off the start is actually uh, the official band of the Monday Nooner podcast. It's Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex, Troy Volhoffer and his band out of Nashville, Tennessee. You can download that whole album on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere, right, Brandon? Yeah. 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 So uh, I wanted to uh, wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex. And then my second shout-out, Swift Current Broncos organization. Like, just everything they do in that small city prince albert as well i just think it's it's so awesome that you know they're still buzzing with the whl team and i love their color scheme like i think that is the the nicest jersey scheme when they especially when they wear their dark ones in the in junior hockey for me i know it's do you say prince albert i no swift current i i also gave a shout out to prince albert prince albert with that old retro logo i'm still waiting for a shirt that they were supposed to send last year um like the one that just got kiboshed yeah, yeah, after yeah they yeah. announced it yeah so maybe yeah. We, yeah we can make our own down the road or whatever but i think that is such like a cool you know those shirts that they're they're new and they're t-shirts but they have like a damaged look or like a retro look like one of those with that old logo on there would be so cool. But I just love Swifty. So Shane, next time you're in Swift, because I won't, yeah. if you get a chance, I would really like if Swift has a like a trucker style hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe the white mesh in the back and then the color scheme on the front. I'm uh, I'm all about that. Yeah. Like that's a nice jersey. Belcher showing us his jersey right now. That is such a. It is, that's not your like jersey you wore. That's like one yeah, you just mine. made. No, it's the one that I wore back in the oh, day. Not a boy. Weapon. Fifteen yeah. year old. Still in for, there. Playing for GJ, that sicko. I, yeah. <laughs> I love fucker. I love those. Uh, you know, Kimby Daniels actually texted me last week. He's like, Hey, you're back yeah. on the show. All that. And uh yeah, no, Kimbo it's, Slice. It's uh Kimbo. we gotta get him back on. As even as a guest host one day. Oh, Kimby. Yeah, but anyway, there's my shout outs. Small town uh, WHL teams. And uh yeah, good job. No, that that was good, Shake. And I'm gonna I'm gonna individualize my shoutouts tonight. Actually, I went to the, uh, you know, a shout out to the Pats. They had a, it was a good game the other day. We went to the home opener. It was really fun. Uh, Shink got us a couple tickets and took uh, took my son. He had an absolute blast. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed it. Shout out to them and and a big shout out to Connor Bedard. He didn't play great against PA when we were there, but you know, watching that kid and like you know, you forget that he's 16. And he's basically shadowed by two guys shadowed and he's he's still scoring. He's still scoring all the time. Like even scored that, that game, like kind of a cheesy one, but he, but he got one and the kid's a weapon, you know, big shout out to him. I I, I don't think the people in Regina realize what you got here for the next two years, go to the games, buy some tickets, support this. You guys are not going to be able to probably see a first overall NHL pick. Uh, yeah, at again least, for a long time. So go go see him. He's a tickets great are super player. affordable and everything too. Yeah. They haven't uh, up the prices or anything too much. So no, it's been uh, it's been good. Yeah. So go go check them out if you guys get a chance. I haven't watched them play live yet. Shoutouts for Synergy AG, our good friends there, Crop Input Retailer. I got a really good promo idea for Brad Hamner and Synergy AG. I haven't told you guys about this yet. But I, uh, I think uh, I think that that old Bradley and, and his crew are gonna love it. So yeah, thanks to them for uh, sponsoring. Shoutouts. Hey, why wouldn't a guy? 
All right, boys, we're a little bit late into the show this week. Let's get into last show recap. Uh, Brad Watson, what do you guys think of him? Collects a puck from every NHL game he ever did. Blows my mind. Like the old the old basement, he probably just like drill a hole in the middle, screw him to the wall. He's got 1,400 pucks in his basement wall. <laughs> I can see you doing it for like the first little bit, you know, the first few years when you're just getting a few games a year. You're not sure if you're full-time. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to ride this wave. But when you get like up over like 500 games and you got boxes full of pucks, like I wonder if you have the thought of like, maybe that's like good for a bit. Maybe we'll just keep like the Stanley Cup finals or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, significant games, but that's a lot of rubber. He puts it in the graph skates box. He's telling me he's like, yeah, he's, he obviously he's that guy that like needs to build extra, the extra shelving unit things in his garage. Right. When you always have too much shit. It's like, oh, I got to put up one of those again underneath the, the door. Um, yeah, but he had, he can tell a story, like uh, just a just a great uh, storyteller and a hell of a career, like the eighties, yeah. you know, like starting way back. Uh, so if yeah, if you haven't listened to that one yet, and uh, you know you're NHL official, he kind of it's, it's a really uh, different twist on things. I thought it was good, and then the, the senior side. My uh, just going back on Brad, my buddy's in charge of officiating for hockey Saskatchewan. And uh, he said they have, they just had Brad on like a zoom call for the officials. And he's like, yeah, I, I allotted like 20 minutes for Brad Watson to do a little spiel. He's like, it was a two hour day. He's like, Brad went for about an hour, but he was doing good. So we just let him rip and just real good for the young officials. Right. For a guy like that, yeah. to take that kind of time for the kids and, and uh, yeah, good guy. And the senior side of that show, boys, was that uh, Cooney from the from the Big Six? Yeah, yeah, good I think so. He was really good. Good speaker as well. Actually, yeah. you know Cooney there, and he had his uh, drinking a nice GW. So, what town does he live in? Glen Glenn Ewan. Ewan. He, knocked, he knocked old Chris Babbings. He's number two. Myrna's number one. Now Chris is number three. Basically, you're number three in Glen Ewan. It's it's like you're just you're nobody, right? You just you know pack it in and move. <laughs> hey, so poor still Chris, had a ninety-five but... others. Yeah, well, there you go. Are you taking Myrna's car? Taking Myrna's car for his uh, driver's license? Old Coons there. So yeah, it was good. Where is Glen Ewan? Sorry, it's southeast Saskatchewan. By what? Gateway to uh, Oxbow. Should be some good hunting down there. I should ask Babs. It is right between Oxbow and Carnduff. Oh, okay. Like if you were in Oxbow. Right in the halfway point to Carnduff. So if you need to pull over stop, and stop for have a, a beer, stop by Babbings. But yeah, it's right in this. It's close to the U.S. border, close to Manitoba border. It's right in that that uh, southeast corner of the province. Oh, just south of uh, Alberton. That's the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to that part of the world. Like never. Yeah. You've never been to Carnduff? Never. Watched the Red Carnduff. Devils game. I've been down there for a couple senior games, actually. Yeah. Is that the one that you and Josh Miller went to, or he was there and he like? Yeah, with his with that date he was on, he took her down there. It was Wilkie <laughs> Outlaws versus Carnduff Provincial B final uh, a couple years back? What? A, let's go on a three hour drive to watch a senior <laughs> hockey game for our first date. <laughs> Millsy's like, I'm gonna wear my helmet and my visor too. I'm pretty sure I saw him at Eldo's like three hours later for last call too. <laughs> halfway through the third, even though they're about to hand out the banner, we can get back to Eldo's by one. <laughs> oh God. Hey boys, that was good. Yeah. Last show recap spoons, cathedral electric. You guys need anything done at the cabin, the house, the farm phone spoons. Yep. He'll make time for you. He'll get you in fair, honest pricing and uh, he'll take care of you guys. So you don't buzz yourselves.
Still waiting for that invite, Spoons, to come to the office because you have a keg. You got a tap. You said you're going to invite us for a beer. Just let He's been busy. Him. Now he's going to be getting into hockey. He's going to be a tough guy to track down. Is he playing? Buzzing. Is he playing? I think Strapping he is. The pads? I thought that he was possibly contemplating retirement. Huh? Yeah, but but officially? That's officially he's still playing. Talking about it. Last I heard when I was uh, out having coffee in Aberton or wherever town is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find that out anyway. Last show recap, Cathedral Electric. Interview time. We're like way too far into the show. We, were, we said we we're going to be quick and tight, and it hasn't been quick or tight, but uh, yeah, interview are. time this week. I'll talk a little bit about uh, the guest, and then somebody can tell us about the great sponsor uh, who's bringing the interview. But our guest this week from Brock, Saskatchewan, he grew up a cowboy hunting, and uh, he's back on the farm now looking after some cattle and some grain land after spending a lot of years down in the States. This guy grinded to make the WHL, grinded 10 years in minor pro and all sorts of different leagues before he made his NHL debut at 28 years old. Just a weapon, finally back home in Sask, and just a beauty. Happy to have him on the show. Big Mac, Steve McIntyre. The interview this week, boys, brought to you by... Mortgagefrommycouch.com and Kent Bittner. Need a mortgage? There's your guy. You look online, mortgagefrommycouch.com. He's going to get it done, thanks to Bitsy. And uh, yeah, always a professional. All righty. Joining us here this week, Twirl 75, the Monday Nooner podcast, all the way from Brock, Saskatchewan. Big Mac, Steve McIntyre. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate now, being on. Now, I want to start with uh, a rumor we heard. We're a senior hockey podcast, and uh, it's a big part of what we talk about. Heard a rumor you might be suiting up for the Kindersley Senior Clippers this year. True or false? Uh, it could happen. It could happen. Oh, oh he laid it out. Yeah. No, he didn't deny it, Bozzy. He didn't deny it. I mean, I, you know, I haven't, uh, like I said... I've always wanted to come back and, and play uh, play more hockey. Um, I've been playing since, like I said, I could walk. And I've missed a couple years there when I retired, and, and then I started back playing in, in uh, North Carolina. But uh, coming home, um, you know, we'll see, how, we'll see what happens. Do you, like, you go back to play senior, like, do you think people would, like, challenge you or, like, you going back to score goals or what? Like, I imagine your fighting days are probably, for the most part, in the rear view or no? Well, if 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 I go back, I'm, you know, I'm going to play the, the style of hockey that uh, I've always played in. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, I'm not going to go looking for it, but, I mean, I play hard. Um but like I said, I wasn't very, I wasn't very fleet of foot back in the day when I actually was, you know, playing. So I'm hoping to just kind of just chill and maybe let the big boomer go once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I follow a lot of guys on Twitter and I, and, and I've been following this thing this week um, where they or the, I guess the past week where they had basically the all time tough guys in the minors and you actually won. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but you actually got voted as like the toughest guy. Is in that the like with the fourth, fourth line voice? Fourth guy? line voice. Yeah. yeah. Really? You got voted basically the toughest guy ever to play in the minors, like all time. So pretty wow. cool. And uh, yeah, no, we're, we're glad That's... to have you on. Did you play? You started your minor hockey in Brock. How'd you get into hockey? How did all that come, come to be? Well, you know, growing up on the 
farm. Uh, there wasn't uh, a hardworking family, and and uh, hockey was always kind of what we did in the wintertime. Um, you know, whether it was playing shinny on the on the slough uh, or on the dugout. Um, like I said, I can remember my very first day, time I was on the ice. You know, I I was a big Oilers fan, still am, and uh, I wanted to get out on the ice and be Wayne Gretzky. Well, I got out on the ice for the first time, and I flat right on my face. So I remember that like it was yesterday. So uh, we had a minor minor hockey team, minor hockey association in Brock, and uh, up until I think it was first year Peewee, um, we had a team, and then uh, you know first year Peewee. Well, first year Pee Wee was the first year I ended up going to uh, Eston and uh, played three years there and then ended up going to uh, Swift Current, played double-A Bantam down there. And uh, and then I kind of toured – well, actually, I, what did I do? I played, I played uh, a year Bantam down in Eston, a year Bantam in Swift Current, and then I played – actually, I went to AAA in Saskatoon for the contacts, and then I came back to Kindersley, probably the most fun I ever had playing hockey was in Kinnersley, uh, you know, I was going to school there and um, got to play with my buddies uh, growing up and uh, just had a great, great time. Dale Jackson, Dale and Maury Jackson were my coaches and uh, we had some, we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun and we were good too. So you mentioned uh, starting playing hockey when you're just whatever, five, you're just little guy. What, uh, you seem like, and what if, kind of seen you're a bit of a cowboy or you know farm kid like what did you what did you do outside of hockey was it like cattle and horses and hunting and that kind of thing or what yeah actually um like i said i've always been raised uh you know with on the farm and and we always had uh, cows and horses and and uh it was just part of everyday life um earlier on i i grew up uh showing horses and at the local horse shows and i didn't really wasn't my yeah, 4-H. Um, really wasn't my cup of tea. I was a little bit more, I wanted to, to rope and uh, started roping a little bit. And, and that's kind of my, my passion right now is I absolutely love to rope and, and work with uh, my horse and get him fine-tuned so I can get qualified to Vegas. And, and like I said, nice. yeah, that's uh, it's a big, there's a big roping down there. And like I said, that's, that's, that's on my, uh, uh, my list of things, my bucket list, but, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of one of them things. We grew up with horses and, and cows and it was all, it was part of our lives. And, and then the hunting thing, actually, I never, I always wanted to hunt, but, uh, never had time to, um, here in, in, in Canada. And I actually want to say it was my first year in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. My buddies were like, Hey, let's go hunt. You want to go hunting? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to go hunting. And, uh, I mean, I, that was what, what they, everybody did down there. So, I kind of got into the hunting and just absolutely enjoyed it. Um, you know, they, everybody talks about, Oh, you know, it's killing this and killing that, whatever. It's like, nah, that's the final end product. But when you get to go out and spend time and in, in creation and, and really kind of um, get back to your roots, it's, it's really, it's really cool. And whether it's, it's hunting or, or amongst the cows on the back of a good horse. Uh, those are my two favorite things I enjoy is just getting out and enjoying Enjoying the scenery, enjoying wildlife, enjoying creation. So <clears throat> we're big Saskatchewan focus. Obviously, we mentioned we talk a lot of senior hockey and, and stories from back in the day. And there's some nothing people love more than than hearing their name or a guy they know's name on the show. So who are some of the weapons that you grew up with? Like who are some of the good players maybe as a kid 
that were just like studs that were on your team, uh, whether it was with or against that you remember from back in the minor hockey days? Back at, well, one of the first names that comes up is uh, Blake Evans. Um, he was, uh, you know, he was a weapon back in the day. He scored a million goals on us, it seemed like. And uh, um, Travis Reshney was another guy in loose land. Uh, he'd come down and just hammer a slap shot. And uh, Mike Rubley was another guy that he could absolutely fire the puck. Um, like I said, those are, those are some of the guys, that, like I said, in minor – Minor hockey, and then uh, actually in Bantam, um, Bantam, and I think AAA. I think actually, I think it was in Bantam. We played. Uh, Vinny LeCavier was playing in Notre Dame, so that was kind of that was pretty cool. I mean, we always knew he was a great player, um, but then to go on and, and, and go from Notre Dame into uh, you know go to Tampa Bay and, and win cups there. That's uh, that was pretty, that was pretty cool too. Playing against those guys, especially in minor hockey too. So you talk about, uh, you went to Swift Current that year uh, for Bantam AA. I think you said it was second year Bantam. You went to Swift Current. So when do you get on the radar of like uh, WHL teams or, you know, I did you get drafted in the Bantam draft? I, I assume you probably didn't. I was the farthest thing away from, I think, Bantam. I didn't even know what Bantam draft was. Like I was listening actually to your guys' uh, uh, story with uh, when you guys were talking to Wade Brookbank and I, we kind of had a similar um, I mean I didn't I didn't know what the Bantam draft was um, you know I didn't really didn't really phase me didn't really didn't have a clue what it was and then uh, I got a letter I want to say a letter from the Blades and uh, that's what kind of got the ball moving um, was uh, well that's actually how I ended up I I want to say I tried out for the contacts for their camp and, and then, or went to blade. I can't remember exactly how it went, but that's how I ended up in Saskatoon is um, I was affiliated with, uh, with the blades. I played, I want to say I played with the contacts the one year and then I ended up getting called up um, and played my first game with the blades against the Hitman uh, when I was playing in Kindersley. And they called me at, uh, I think it was three 30. Uh, I, I, like I just got out of school and it was the quickest trip to Saskatoon. I think I've ever made in my entire life because I was playing for the blades that night and we were playing the Calgary Hitmen. And I think I might've fought Ryan Andres that night too, but, uh, and did fairly well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of them things where it just, uh, it just happened. I, I had been to, you know, a couple of their, you know, deal like training camps and, and uh, it just kind of just kind of happened. So I was excited to be a part of it. And, and uh, you know, there was a lot of lot of good hard work and hard nosed guys that came out of Saskatoon play for the Blades. So um, you know, when I ended up breaking in the WHO with the Blades, I knew that I had some big shoes to fill. So ninety eight ninety nine, you know, there's some pretty good weapons in the league that year. Who who are some of the tough guys that you had to like square up against uh, night after night? Oh, Eric Goddard was probably uh, one of the toughest. Um, like I said, I always always had my hands full with him. Kyle Fredericks was another guy. He was just a big mountain of a man. Um, I mean, every every team had tough. Colt Nor, uh, Matt Summerfelt, like those those two. Matt Summerfelt was probably the toughest guy I've ever fought pound for pound. Uh, you know, people ask me who's one of the tougher guys I fought, and I say Matt Summerfelt by far. Like he just. He, he's a, you know, tough farm kid from, I think from Shellbrook 
um, that just was nailed. Uh, he was, and he played in Swift Current, so there's always a rivalry between Saskatoon and Swift Current, or you know, uh, Prince Albert and Swift Current. We always, uh, there was always, it was always uh, the Wild West when, or it was always a showdown when uh, when Swift Current came to town, whether it was with the Blades or the Raiders. So, so when did you? Uh... When did you start fighting, Steve? Like, were you fighting in midget or like, I don't know what the rules were back then or banta, or was it just like get to the dub and okay, this is what I got to do. Or like, when did you start scrapping? I was in the fight in, well, it was, it was never ever something I, I was ever taught to do uh, or ever really aspired, I guess, maybe. Um, I just don't have that mentality when I'm in the fight. It's, it's different because I'm, I'm bred a little, uh, we have a little bit of a, you know, when you don't ever cause the fight or, or pick the fight, but by gosh, you better finish it. And that was, uh, you know, my, my, my dad's little speech to me and, you know, cause his dad gave it to him and I'm sure every, every dad says that to her son, but, uh, you know, I was pretty proud to wear the McIntyre name and, and I sure wasn't gonna, uh, you know, be classified as, oh, he's just a pushover. Oh, he's just a big kid that, you know, he can't, he's not tough or whatever. And, and tough necessarily wasn't fighting. Like, you know, yeah, I could fight a little bit, but I tried to play hard and, and play physical and, and play the right way. Like I never, ever went looking for it. And even, you know, when I went to the NHL, like I never went looking for it. Um, you know, I always was trying to make sure I took care of my teammates, um, whether it was, you know, I think I got my first fight when I was in midget AAA and got the wheels beat off me. <laughs> Never forget that one. <laughs> Who was it against? Do you remember? Carry, oh, yeah. Kerry Nice. He was a uh, PA Minto. And uh, I want to say the one year, I think he was trying out for the Raiders and I was with the Blades and I we were playing next fishing season. I got him back. So that's all. That's all good now. But I got... <laughs> Some things I forget, you know, I forget what I had for breakfast this morning, but you, you remember certain things. And that was him and Jim Vandermeer. Uh, those were the two worst beatings I've ever got. Well, and Jeremy, I think it was Jordan Fladell. He gave me a pretty good whooping too. So I never forgot that, but, uh, and Eric Goddard actually too. Those were four guys that I remember. Uh, I got two of the four. So that's kind of maybe why I'm playing senior. <laughs> <laughs> So you go, uh, you, you know, you play for a couple teams in the dub and, and then 2000, 2001, you go to the OCN blizzard, uh, home of former guest Jordan Tutu. I think his brother what? was on that team, Shane Terrence. Oh, was yeah. he Terrence? Terrence yeah. was on the team that year. Yeah. I so played with Terrence. What, what takes you out there to, to, to go there to kind of finish up your junior career? Well, it's, uh, kind of funny actually. Well, it wasn't very funny at the time, but the uh so i got traded from well actually let me re go back so i got traded from red deer out to pa and kevin mcclellan was our coach kevin and i got along really well he really helped me with you know my role and kind of what to do and and just some different things and i really respected him and he was an ex-oiler too so um you know that that held that was like man that was pretty cool and uh, the next year, I'd spent all summer. I was working all summer. Came into camp, and I was I was fit. And uh, Donnie Clark 
He was my arch nemesis in Saskatoon. <laughs> he always every uh, I could tell you some funny stories, but um, you know, rest in peace. But uh, Donnie Clark and I didn't really, I didn't really know what he wanted, and uh, you know, and and, and it kind of happened in, in Red Deer too with Brent Sutter. Like I didn't know my job, like I didn't know my role, and I didn't really accept it necessarily. And, you know, I, I, I like to play hockey, but I had to fight. And, and now when I was in the fight, I was fine, but obviously, you know, you want to play hockey and, and, uh, not that I'm, you know, a goal scorer by any means, but I mean, I was just, you know, I tried to play as hard as I could and, and play the right way. And, and I never really embraced the role and, and, and Todd really kind of helped me with that. But anyway, I had a, had a decent camp in, in Prince Albert and, they had too many 20 year olds. Uh, so they ended up trading me out to, um, medicine hat, which is, I love medicine hat. Even, even now, like I've got some, some of my really, really good best friends are, they live in medicine hat and we work together. So uh, I've got ties to medicine hat and have for, you know, the last 20 some years. So, you know, it was an easy transition. It was, uh, for me at the time, you know, we were selling our calves out at the, auction mart out there in medicine hat so i kind of got a side job after playing hockey i'd go work to you know the back pens cutting you know um sorting diff- doing different things for for rocky and, and the guys at the rock and iron excuse me really enjoyed it and uh so anyway a month or two i can't remember exactly how it all happened but uh medicine hat traded for me and you know i ended, had a great camp um you know, had a great exhibition season. Um, you know, I think I ended up scoring a goal and assist and <laughs> I think I got in a couple of fights and, um, hit a kid from, well, it's kind of what, what kind of was the, uh, the straw that broke camel's back is, is, is no pun intended, but uh, I hit a kid from red deer and I kind of mom said it, my mother even said it was a clean hit, but, uh, anyway, I ended up getting suspended for a few games and, and uh, unbeknownst to me, there was another uh, 20-year-old that was coming back from St. Louis camp. And uh, so they didn't really have a spot for me. And and the GM head coach at the time uh, brought me into his room and, and into his, uh, you know, office there and, and told me, hey, you know, we're going to let you go. You're too big and too strong to play in this league. And I just kind of was like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? This is the Western Hockey League. Like, this is – you know, this is what, this is what it's supposed to be. And so anyway, I was a little bummed out. I had nowhere to go, no place to play. And, and then Kerry Clark, um, Donnie's brother, Donnie Wendell's brother, uh, called me up and he was in OCN and he said, Hey, we'd love to have you out here. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity. We're going to play a lot. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, whatever. I have no idea even where OCN or the Paul is. But I thought, you know, I had an opportunity, I think, to go down to uh, Tri-Cities. But I just was – I was just so burnt out. I was just like, you know what, I'm done. I just – you know, I want to go have fun and play. So that's what I did. I went up to OCN and and uh, right from the get-go, I was treated just absolutely – you know, it was awesome. It was probably one of the most fun years I played, uh, played hockey uh, up in OCN. Uh, the people up there were great. The reserve uh, – was they opened us, they, they welcomed us with open arms. The way they treated us as players, they just, I mean, we could do no wrong. And, and I mean, 
uh, we were part of the town. Like we were part of the, the, it was, it was, there was no greater feeling as far as playing hockey. Like I really, really enjoyed my team time up there and we ended up winning a championship and unfortunately got beat out in the end of it cup, but, uh, but such a great experience playing with all the guys I played with and, and uh, you know, being part of a culture that, you know, you hear rumblings, but until you've been there, until you've witnessed it, until you have friends, you have no idea. And, and like I said, I, I, I loved it. We were ice fish and we were hunting. We were, you know, there was always something to do, you know, skidooing, uh, just, just having a lot of fun. Plus I, the envelopes like said, of I'm, cash you were getting that were more than probably well, a first pro deal. <laughs> I mean, it, you know what? It, it was, uh, like I said, I'm not going to lie. We got, we got treated well. We got, uh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty good. I, I can't complain. I, you know, I think I, I did, I did okay. Um, you know, but it was more or less, it was a lot of fun. Just going back, you mentioned your time in PA there. There was some web just for, so people for reference, former guests that were on that team, Nick Schultz was on our show, Scott Hartnell. That was his draft year. I think that year he led yeah. your team and actually my current boss, I don't know if you, you remember him on that team. I think he was young. Uh, Jordan Clark from Rolo Saskatchewan was uh, <laughs> on that team too. He's your, he's your boss. He is. Yeah. Well, Clarky and I rode rough shot on a few different teams. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. You don't have to tell Clarky I said hello. He'll do for sure. He's got a lot less hair than now than he did back then. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. I, I still was looking through the. Him. I still don't want to piss him off though. He's still got that. Uh, still a big rig. Yeah, he's a big rig still too. He's, I've seen him. I've seen the wires crossed a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I seen, I'm telling you something. So I seen Clarky, like I said, it's totally off topic, but we're talking about right. guys and fighting or whatever. Yeah. Clarky, absolutely. So it was either, it, well, most of the time it was him and, and Colton Orr. They'd fight all the time. Or me and Orzy or me and Sommerfeld or, you know, it was either, I mean, there's, and I think actually we fought at the same time in uh in swift current and i mean it was a marathon uh both of our fights like it was it must have lasted two minutes each one but uh we were in prince albert and you can ask clarky about this one so we were in prince albert and i mean i'm sitting on the bench i think i was sitting on the bench. i can't even remember he hit colton hour so hard i mean you could hear just a smack i mean it was just a sharp crisp smack colton or nose is over on the side of his head and i mean they're still getting, I mean, they're still fighting. I was just like, holy cow. Like, these are two just absolute warriors just teeing off on each other. And Clarky, you know, he was big and, and you know, a big upper body, big stout son of a gun. And Clarky, or where uh, Orsi was no joke either. But I'll never forget that. He hit Orsi so hard. I've never, like, well, I think my brother hit me one time, maybe that hard, but. Good God, that one echoed through the through the whole building. I and he was still standing up. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I just texted him a picture of you and said, "Getting some good stories." And he said, "Ask him how big his cowboy hat was in junior." Big. The bigger, <laughs> the better. I always wore it. I wore it. I wore it everywhere. I think I showed up in training camp wearing a big gray one. Yeah, they always chirped me about it. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> So you, you leave OCN and like, I mean, but by looking at your hockey DB, you really don't got anywhere to go and you end up in the continental elite hockey league. Like I've never even heard of this in the Bay country blizzard. 
And you you actually get suspended and kicked out of the league, right? That yep. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> How did that happen? There's obviously a story there. Uh, kicked out of the league. It's not uh, just uh, so. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It was an accumulation of suspensions, I think, has ended up, and then like we had such a tough team, and like we had we had Western boys, we had a few guys from like out west here, we had a few guys from Manitoba, um, we had you know we had a, a few Americans, we had a few Maritimers, and I mean, oh, we it was fun, it was fun hawk like. You know, it was a kind of a glorified, uh, it would be like, I don't even really know what it would be. It was, it was kind of like an overage, like 20, uh, juvenile, I guess, if you're looking back in the day, maybe an overage, like you were 20, 21 type thing. And, uh, you know, you were kind of right in between going from junior to playing pro. Um, but I mean, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. Like, and I mean, we were a good team, um. But long story short, uh, it was an accumulation of too many suspensions. Uh, the first one being I got in a fight and this kid, he speared me and, you know, the old Nainers and uh, have his helmet on the end of my hand when I was fighting him and I hit him a couple times with his own helmet. Uh, <laughs> um, one of them was, I think I cross-checked. I forget what happened. He, one of the guys, he kicked our goalie in the head as you skating by and nobody really did nothing. And I came off the bench or something. I can't remember. And then the last one I'd fought the commissioner's son. It didn't go so well. It went fairly well for me. And, uh, <laughs> and it, like I said, and, and then we were battling it in front of the net and he cross checked me or no, what happened? I cross checked him. We kind of fell and I landed on top of him and he kind of took his stick and he caught me right across the head just kind of so I give him a little extra cross check on the way down and drove his head in the ice and that might have got me the last you know the straw broke camels back on that one so I ended up going to it was a blessing in disguise because realistically like you know and I don't mean to sound conceited but I was it was I needed to be playing pro you know if I was going to do anything in hockey I needed to be playing pro and, and that's initially what happened I was uh it was either my coach, he was, uh, he played in the Western professional hockey league, the Whipple and, uh, or the West coast hockey league. I can't remember exactly which it was, but, or if it was both, but, uh, he ended up making a couple of phone calls cause I ended up getting kicked out of the league and he got me a couple of tryouts, one in Toledo and one in, in, uh, Muskegon and Muskegon was actually where I ended up going. He said, you know what, you'll have a better chance opportunity to, you know, going far in the playoffs and potentially winning the championship and, instead of going to, you know, the other team. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I want to win a championship. And if this is my last year, I want to go out, you know, a winner and champion. So ended up going to Muskegon. I skated with them pregame skate, played that night and got knocked on my keister. <laughs> Very first pro shift, first pro fight. I get knocked and I got hit in the lips and down I go like a big redwood oak tree. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> Do you remember like, who that was against? Oh, yeah, Mark Durant. You always remember the guys you beat or that beat you. I remember, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. uh, I remembered yeah. him because I fought him every time. Every time we played each other, I'd fight him every time. 
You're he played uh, for the Port Pure Port Huron Beacons or Flags. I can't remember which one it was. Your hockey DB is like uh, anybody that's listening should go check it out because obviously at this time you're like 21 years old, and it's seven years later you make your NHL debut. Like if somebody yeah. would have said to you at the end of that season, "Hey, you're gonna play in the NHL." one day or whatever, let alone seven years later, would you have thought that was at all remotely possible? Like not a chance. You know, the funny thing was, so I got to play, well, one of our, my chaplain, I think it was with, when I was in, uh, I think I was in Edmonton. Well, he knew Stu Grimson. So Stewie and I had breakfast. He lined it up and Stu Grimson was a big, was a favorite player of mine. Like I really enjoyed him. Uh, you know, his just the way he did things. And, and obviously he was a killer on the ice and, and such a good family man off the ice. And, and I had breakfast with him one day, one morning in, in Nashville. And he kind of asked me, you know, how I ended up getting NHL. And I was like, uh, yeah, actually I got sent down from the coast. And he looked at me like stone cold sober. He's like, you got sent down from the coast. How did you get sent down from the coast? What other league is there than the coast? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I said, I went to the, to the, uh, WHA two, <laughs> And he's like, what is that? I'm like, ah, so I had, it was, it was pretty funny. And he just, he just sat there and just laughed at me. And I'm like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, I, I well-traveled. That's for sure. But. So you spent, uh, spent a few years out of, uh, those seasons in the old U-Haul there, the UHL. Was you ever, did you, did you ever get a call from the Danbury trashers? Like you seem like a guy that would have been a good trasher. No, I never did. I just actually watched that documentary and uh, it was kind of, I had to kind of giggle and chuckle because those guys that were in it, I knew who they were like Joss Elzinga, you know, played against them. Brad Wingfield fought them, you know, all those guys. Uh, did you beat them? It was just kind of, uh, you know what? I'm, I, uh, I'll let you guys watch that one. If it's out there, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. I don't want to say too much, but we had a pretty good fight. So do you remember like watching that documentary? Did you remember hearing about that team at the time or anything? Like, was that making it waves? Around? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember hearing about them. I want to say I was in the, I was in the coast. I was in either in Charlotte or I was in Hartford. I can't remember I want to say I was actually splitting the season between Hartford and Charlotte. That's when I had a really good year. Um, probably one of the best years of my hockey career was that year. I split season between or split time between Hartford and, and uh, uh, Charlotte. That was uh, the Rangers farm team um, in the coast with Charlotte. And then American League was in Hartford. You want to talk about a tough team that had a bunch of hammers on it? Oh, my gosh. That team in Hartford. We had – I was a lightweight. They had Marty Grenier. Trevor Gillies, Craig Weller, Garth Murray, uh, Chad Wiseman. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. I mean, just tough, tough Cowboys. I mean, and I'm walking in there as a you know, rookie, like, hey, guys, where did I put my stuff? You know, so, yeah, that was that was a year. Oh, that was a fun year. So would that have been your first deal, like pro deal signed through – with an NHL affiliated team then? So my first, uh, my first deal would have been, oh, I'm trying to think here. It would have been, well, it was with Hartford, like with the Rangers and it was a Hartford, uh, 
it was a Hartford one way. So I was down on the coast and I was making like American league money. So that was, it was good. It was a, uh, you know, I had, I, I did, I did fairly well for, I want to say it was two or three years. Um, when I was with the, with the Rangers organization and, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. They were really good to me. Um, uh, we kind of got into a little bit of a pissing match uh, the last year, right before I ended up going to to Quad City. Um, you know, my agent was trying to pull the wool over my eyes, and I was like, mm. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. And uh, I told him to go kick rocks. And uh, so that's kind of what what uh, what happened there. And I ended up going uh, and playing for uh, Quad City uh, back in the UHL. But uh, – but yeah, I, like I said, my days in, 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 in Hartford and Charlotte, I had so much fun playing hockey. Like it was, it was, I love Charlotte. Uh, we went fairly well. We went, I want to say we went to the Southern Conference Finals in the coast. And we should have, we should have beat Florida, but we had some uh, off ice issues that, uh, shall we say, still kind of hold a grudge against a couple guys, but uh and I'm not a grudge holder, but, uh, you know, did some kind of stupid stuff off ice. But, uh, like I said, it was, uh, it was a great experience and, and to be a part of that organization. Um, you know, I, n- I remember from work, getting work done on the table, massage guys and, and Glenn Sather comes up to me and, and, uh, of course, if you've never met, uh, Glenn, you would, uh, you really, He's a, he's a very, very nice man, but he's a very intimidating man. Um, uh, you know, and I'm, of course, I'm getting my shoulder, my something worked on, and here comes Glenn Sather in the room. And, I mean, it was just like, oh, shit. Like, you know, and the first thing he asked me, he says, hey, you're from Saskatchewan, right? I was like, yeah. He said, well, you guys got pretty good duck and goose hunt, don't you? I was like, oh, yeah. And as soon as he said that, well, freak, the Saskatchewan, you know, come out of me and I'm like, we start, we start talking goose and duck hunting. And it was just like, we'd known each other for 10, you know, 10 years. Like he was just, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then he chirped me about my curve on my stick. And he's like, yeah, you ever actually thought about using something a little different? I was like, no, he's like, well, maybe you should. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, but anyway, your time with, your time with the Rangers, did you uh, did you ever cross paths with the with the former guest Dale Purrington? Oh, Diesel! Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was like I said that year. I want to say that was actually the year after I was up and down because we had uh, yeah we had Diesel uh, myself. I mean. Like that was the one thing with Hartford. There was never ever a shortage of guys that could throw and tough guys, and not guys that were just tough guys, but like guys that could actually play and were tough and weren't afraid to drop the gloves, but played the right way. And uh, Diesel, oh my gosh, he's a beauty. Love him. I think I might could be the only guy that could get away with chirping him. I chirped him the other day. Him and his girlfriend, and I was chirping him. I said he's soft as baby shit. You know, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, Dale's, Dale's a good dude. I, I really, uh, him and Trevor Gillies, probably the two most intense individuals I've ever met in my entire life. But really when you get to know them, they're just, they're just powder puffs. They're good guys, really good guys. But yeah, I, I got to know Dale really well. 
uh, when I was there. Talk about uh, signing with, with Edmonton. You mentioned at the start that you grew up an Oiler fan and, and uh, you know, idolizing Gretzky. That must have been pretty huge to, to sign with the Oilers. Like, that's obviously probably a highlight to throw on that uniform. Oh, it was, it was a dream come true. Um, so I, was, I signed with, uh, with Florida, with the Panthers that year. Um, and like I said, going back, to my Providence years, like I played in Providence for a year after I got out of uh, Quad City. And um, if it wasn't for Mr. V, Paul Vincent, and uh, Dougie Smith, um, I would have never had a chance to even remotely have a sniff uh, with Florida or even with Edmonton. And like I said, I was going to Florida's camp and, you know, tried to put my best foot forward and do the best I could. And and I thought I had a good count and they gave me some exhibition games. And one of them was against uh, Edmonton and me and Zach Stortini had some words and nothing came of it, but um, you know, I played hard and, and did, did the best I could. And I was fortunate enough to, I guess it was at the time, you know, I was kind of kicking the teeth, you know, I kind of obviously as a young player, well, I wasn't necessarily young at the time, but as a, as a up and coming, you know, it was like, this is my year. This is, I've trained hard all summer, put the work in. Um, you know, I was a little bit disappointed getting sent down from, from Florida to Rochester. Um, but at the same time, uh, I lasted a day there. I don't even think I ended up a full practice and I got called into the, the coach's office and, and Jack Birch, uh, uh told me that I had got put on waivers and Edmonton picked me up and he kind of gave me this feel about, Oh, you know, you need to do this, this, and this. And the whole time I just was like, Edmonton picked me up and just, you know, it was just a whirlwind. That was all I cared about was Edmonton picked me up. Well, what does that mean? And, uh, you know, I was on a plane headed for Edmonton and my first practice, of course, I was just, Oh my gosh, like Greg McTavish, Charlie Huddy and, Kelly Buckberger and, you know, just all these legends that I grew up watching are on the ice. And I'm like, Oh my, like, I was just, you know, I was, I was like a little kid. And, and then, like I said, they got to play in Calgary and uh, one of the guys that uh, him and I are good friends. Now I consider him one of my good friends, him and his family. They're great people. Jim Vandermeer. Yeah. Uh, he beat the wheels off me in junior. And unfortunately, Jim and I had met up. Uh, he was playing in Calgary and I was in Edmonton. And, and uh, I kind of thought he did, said a couple rude things. And I had to remind him that uh, I was a little bigger and maybe a little tougher and, uh, than I was back in junior. And, and uh, <laughs> I kind of asked him to go right off. I can't remember exactly what happened. But anyway, we had a great fight. Jimmy's such a tough guy. Like, oh my gosh, the Vandermeer boys, there's six of them. And I mean, they're just tough as nails. And Jimmy's, you know, there's Pete and, and Jim, and, and they're the two, you know, big boys. And oh my gosh, he was the reason why I had a sniff in, in Edmonton, too, or why I think they kept me around because they had a pretty good fight with them. First and, game? Uh, yeah, first game. Against yep. Edmonton versus Calgary. What a way to break Edmonton into the league. Versus- yeah, Edmonton versus Calgary. I was—I'll never forget it. I was putting the jersey over top of my, you know, as soon as I 
put it over my shoulders, I kind of had some tears in my eyes because I was just like, you know, Ethan Morrow, uh, love, I love Chopper. He's one of the, one of my favorite guys, him and Sheldon Surrey, one of my, well, two of my favorite guys that I played with, you know, I had kind of a tear rolling down my eye and, and uh, he looked at me and just kind of winked and he said, you know, he said more of us should be, if we had, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it was very, it was very kind in what he said. I, I looked at him. I was like, you know, I said, I've been waiting my entire life to do this. I said, this is a dream come true. And he said something to the fact that, you know, a lot of us don't appreciate that or don't understand that. He said, we're happy to have you here or something like that. But it was yeah. pretty cool. And, and then after that, it was kind of, you know, you know, a little bit of a whirlwind that first year playing in Edmonton, obviously everything was new and, and exciting and, um, but uh, like I said, it was such a great experience. You talk about that moment. Like, I mean, you're 28, right? You've been in like six different minor leagues for the last seven years, probably rode how many buses down, how many highways. A right? lot. And now yeah, like nobody would have given you a chance and now you're, you're there, right? Like that's such a cool yeah. moment. It was, like I said, it was, it was a dream come true and it was, it was a blessing. Like, you know, you work so hard to get to, you know, whether it was, you know, my, my family sacrificing everything, you know, it was, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had an opportunity either. And that was the biggest thing is, you know, my dad and I were having a conversation that when hockey, when hockey left Brock, he flat out told me, he's like, you know what? He says, uh, he said to me, he said, you know, when hockey leaves Brock, you won't be playing hockey. You'll be, you know, doing something different or whatever. And to, you know, I didn't come from an excess. My mom and dad um, were hardworking blue collar people and but they always found a way for me and my brother to play hockey and my sister to figure skate or you know to do whatever and, and I'm so grateful to them for that because even though hockey left rock I was still able to go play hockey and that was you know that was the uh that was icing on the cake and then to be able to to include them uh when I was in Edmonton you know they had a it was kind of funny they for my first game they had a uh first well when I ended up my very first league game, they had all the different sweaters from all the different teams that I played on. And that was pretty cool. I never, I didn't know they were going to do that, but they had all the different teams from all the different, or all the sweaters from all the different teams I'd played on. And so that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Pretty, it was pretty cool. Uh, not going to lie. I'm kind of getting teared up just thinking, talking about it right now. Cause it still is, it still is pretty emotional because think a small town boy from Saskatchewan that really, you know, wasn't on anybody's radar, uh, was given an opportunity and given a chance. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Very grateful. So let's talk about, uh, cause obviously I know you remember this. Let's talk about your first NHL goal and just, you know, where it was, who it was against, just how cool that was. Twisted wrister from the point against Jose Theodore in oh, yeah. uh, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so did you get a, actually, I think the puck was actually fluttering, like it was floating. Like <laughs> they don't. A, they don't ask how. <laughs> they ask. Um, hey, yeah, you right, chucked a little right. knuckle. We got two goals between the three of us in the show, so right, right. that's right. <laughs> that's right. right. Now, did you get a? Did you get a plaque? And did they do it? Up I did. Nice for you? Cool. They did. You know the the Oilers were so good to me. Um, you know all the teams that I played for, they were so. good good to me and my family um you know we were just reminiscing over some of the things that uh i've got my plaque um you know my first goal my first game um you know we were 
like small town. So my, my dad, so we were just, uh, we were looking at pictures. Um, I'm work, like doing some paperwork on the computer and, and there was a lull. And of course, you know, you got the screensaver goes by. And of course, one of the pictures was me said dad or me said dad and Bobby Orr. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Like, uh, you know, like how, how awesome is it to be able to, um, experience that with your family and, and like my dad he was a big boston fan when he was a kid and bobby or and uh you know i was able to share that with him um although my mom kind of got the short end of the stick that we i went on a few dad's trips the father's trips and there wasn't any mother's trips and i think my mom she piped up to uh steve tambellini i think at the time and uh the next year of course when i wasn't there they had a mom's trip so <laughs> wow. She was all mad about that. She had to stay home and feed cows, but, uh, you know, and dad went on the dad's trip, but, uh, but like I said, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, they, they were so good. And, 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 you know, when I ended up going to Pittsburgh, um, you know, Ray Shiro, very, I walked in the door, Ray Shiro, one of the nicest man, men I've ever met in my entire life. Um, knew my name, knew my kid's name, knew my, you know, asking how everybody was and then next you got Mario Lemieux and Mario was just like Mario Lemieux is talking to me like and he knew the same thing how's Kayla how's Clara how's you know how's your mom and dad how's how's your family and I'm just like blown away and it was just you know oh my gosh uh, it was it was something it was really cool and then like I said Florida um you know just a great when I was there, it was, it was the same thing. That's the end of that where I ended up meeting uh, Bobby Orr down there. He was uh, Nathan Corton's agent, and I walked into the walked into the skating room or the equipment room, and Frosty and, and Bird are sitting there, and Bobby Orr sitting on the coach, and was like, "Frosty," I said, "That's Bobby Orr," and he's like, "Yeah, man, that's Bobby Orr. He comes down here all the time." I'm like, uh, you, "You think he introduced me, or like you think he'd sign my stick?" I give to my dad and, and uh, you know, I got to meet him and we were on the father's trip, uh, Pittsburgh. I think we were in Pittsburgh or I was in Pittsburgh and we ended up going to Tampa Bay or ended up going to Florida. I can't remember exactly um, whatever it was while Bobby came up. I had finished doing my workout and uh, my dad's there. We're, you know, we're watching the game with all the dads, and Bobby. And I think Eddie Johnson was there and uh, I walk in. And the first thing I said is, is, is Bobby says, hey, Steve, how's it going? I was like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, good. Well, my dad's sitting there, like, looking at me, like, that's Bobby Orr. And I'm like, yeah. I said, that's Bobby Orr. And I've never – my dad is, is, like I said, my dad doesn't know a stranger. And I've never, ever, um, never, ever seen my dad get starstruck, ever. Like, he's talked to – I mean, he had – when I was in Edmonton, he had the run of the whole entire building. Like every security guard, everybody knew who Mr. McIntyre was, and everybody addressed him as Mr. McIntyre. But when we get down there, he was starstruck. Like he was just like, uh, 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 "That's Bobby." Like you know, it was his favorite player growing yeah. up. And so when I got to introduce him to to Bobby, you know, to the to my dad, he was just you know, and of course Bobby's such a good dude. He uh, he texts me over and he takes he says, "Hey Stevie," he said, uh, "What's your dad's address?" I said. Um, you know, I gave him his address and about a week or two later, you know, dad calls me up and says, Hey, I'll never guess what I got in the mail. I was like, what? And he's like, you got a signed picture to Ross 
your friend Bobby Orrick, you know, is when he st- scored the Stanley Cup winner, you know, flying through the air. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, pretty special to be able to spend, you know, spend those kind of moments with your parents, you know, with your family and friends. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, I could go on and on and on about different funny stuff that happened, but, Unreal. you know, I included my buddies, but loved it. When you were, uh, when you were in Pittsburgh there, I think just kind of quickly glancing at hockey DB, was that when Sid was kind of out with his concussions? Like obviously he had some tough times and I guess just speak to him. And there was a time there where like people didn't know if he'd ever be ever play again, quite honestly. And just to see what he's still doing now must, uh, you know, say a lot about, a lot about him. Uh, Sid's such a special guy. Like he, he's the epitome of, of a warrior. Like he's, He's an emotional, hardworking guy that, uh, you know, that year was, was tough. Um, it was tough on both of us, probably more so him. Cause I was hired, I was hired to come in and kind of make sure that that didn't happen. And, uh, we spent a lot of time together cause he was hurt. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to say that Sid played on my line. Uh, we were the fifth line and, uh, he was my centerman. And I kind of laugh and joke about that a little bit. How many guys can say that? But uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Sid played on my line. Um, but such a great guy. Like, he's such a – just a nice human – like, just a nice man. Um, you know, we'd be out in the back room. There was a, there was a shooting gallery. And, and, and this is the kind of competitor he was. He, he's, he's a freak of nature. Like, he's – the most athletic him and flower probably the two most athletic people I've ever met in my entire life and, and flower being, uh, uh, Mark Andre flower flurry, um, two most key competitive guys that you'd ever come across. But, uh, some of the stuff like we'd be shooting, you know, just practicing in the back room, um, you know, shooting pucks and, and this guy was just, it was amazing what he could do. Just watch them, uh, you know, how he prepared and what he did. Um, just what a special guy. I was so privileged and thankful to be able to meet him and, and call him one of my buddies. So pretty neat. I want to go back and ask about Mario. Cause he was like my favorite player, probably growing up. Like what, what kind of a guy was he like, just like you think like just a super nice guy, absolute weapon. Just probably um, the nicest man, like just classy. Um, Everything that, like, he just, the way he carries himself, like, there's a reason why they call him Super Mario. And I mean, he just, he's just, I never really, I've never met Gretz. I don't, I don't know, don't know him. I've met Mario. And Mario Lemieux is, is like I said, he, he, I sat and talked with him, you know, for 15, 20 minutes um, in Boston. And he was talking, we were talking horses for crying out loud. And I think his daughter was, you know, was into horses and different things. Like, he just, He's just a super, super nice man. Like he's no, there's no arrogance about him. He's just a down to earth, good dude, just like the rest of us. Like just a, like he could fit in just like Sid He could fit in with, you know, Joe blow down, the, down, down the street or down the road. He'd go fishing or, you know, go shoot ducks or go do whatever. He's just a cool guy. And I mean, you know, the thing about those guys is, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time and, you know, they, yeah, they're special within their own right, but they're, you know, they're just like me and you, you know, they're just normal yeah. people and they want to be treated as such. And, uh, you know, I treated them with respect and, 
and uh, they they treated me the same way. And I mean, yeah, when you first meet them, it's a little bit intimidating. But once you get to know them, it's just like they're just cool guys. They're just really cool guys to hang around with. You mentioned your first NHL goal on Theodore. You you got two of them. So which what? Tell us about the second one. Was it more of a highlight reel, forehand, backhand, shelf, or what? <laughs> it was a toe drag, uh, backhand toe drag, um, top shelf. Fake low, went high. Um, no, that was a, it was a garbage goal in front of the net against Kefrasov. <laughs> I didn't even know, know I scored. And then Kyle Brodzi, I come at me, and I didn't know if I was going to. Yeah, it was. Did that hit you? Was, Did uh, that hit you? Yeah. Yeah, we were trying. We were like, do I, all right, who am I going to fight now? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> there was kind of a scrum in the front of the net. I just kept locking and banging, and, and uh, it went in, and. Hey, two goals. Yeah. Two games. You're on pace for like eight that year. You played the full year. Yeah. I was, uh, that was a good year. Unfortunately, I think that was the last time I scored. (laughs) Till this year, senior men's. Right. Well, till this year in Kindersley. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't made it to the Clippers. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) We're going to have to know because we got the power rankings coming out here pretty soon. Oh, geez. I'm waiting on my gear right now. I'm, I'm waiting to have my buddy's supposed to be sending my gear up. So I, I didn't bring it up on the move. I actually, I was like, Oh, I'll be back home. And, you know, hockey was kind of on the back burner with everything going on. I thought, ah, I'll be able to get it back down. But as you get older, you know, you appreciate the, the things that go on your knees and, 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 uh, you know, that's all I care about is my knee braces. Yeah. So once I get those, I'll be good to go. What do you, you mentioned off the top, I think, before we were recording, you're back home now. What, what are you doing now? What's keeping you busy? Well, I'm working, uh, working for Baytex, really enjoying that, uh, Baytex Energy. Um, and then uh, I'm hopefully eventually going to try to transition, taking over the, the family farm cow operation. I'm not much of a farmer, but uh, I've always enjoyed the cows and, and the horses. I sure like to try to get that back going. My grandpa started it, um, uh, back when he was my age and, and, uh, you know, with the horses, the breeding program. So you always had good horses and that's kind of something that I'd like to continue. And, and, uh, and then, like I said, my dad's built the cow herd up, uh, we've got some pretty good, pretty good cows and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's done some pretty good things there. So kind of starting small and, hopefully get a little bigger every year and kind of go from there but always yeah. wanted to be a rancher like my dad so your brother works for synergy ag is that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's down in uh regina southeast regina there so i'm trying to convince him that if we end up playing hockey this year that uh, he should come play play some games that way we can play be on the same team is he a weapon too or what He's a closet. He's a he's a closet weapon. He's probably the toughest guy pound for pound um, that I've never fought. Um, I, but he's he was one of the guys. He was blessed more with the skill. Uh, uh, he was a lot more skilled than I was. He was, uh, but he he's got a muffin for a shot. So yeah, he hasn't I'm scored on Kippersoft. So yeah, no, he's. I got to cheer him about that big, like six foot two, but he, he shoots like my uncle and they're, they, they're both big guys and they still can't shoot. So I, I chirp him. I chirp him both about that. 
I was like, good Lord. I said, don't be afraid to throw a couple wrist curls in there. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both workers. Like they just, they're like little water bugs. They just go, 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 go. And uh, like I said, he, you know, if we ever got playing hockey, I guarantee he'd be the most protected guy on the ice. Nobody would touch my brother. So, and if they did, well, they'd have my brother to deal with because he's pretty tough. <laughs> I just Boz, sit back and just giggle. Boz Kinnersey's going to be upset with us for possibly letting the big cat out of the bag here this week. Hey, you know what? Your stock could go up if some other teams find out that you're on the market. That's leverage, no. right? That's sticks and gas could be flowing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much your agent uh, took in the pros, but uh, we'll take 10% of whatever they tell you. <laughs> Holy smokes. Maybe I should start doing you guys if- Doing what you guys are doing, you're taking ten percent. Although ten percent of nothing, still nothing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey so. Steve, how we uh, how we kind of end these things is uh, just a little bit of rapid fire. We'll just ask a question, you give us a quick answer, and uh, sure. we'll wrap it up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my uh, classic question. Your favorite road barn in the show? Oh. Or road city, Nashville. For, for in the rink or, or nightlife or both? Uh, after. <laughs> oh yeah. I never got oh, yeah. I never got to play a whole lot in Nashville, but I <laughs> I, I could take you on a good tour in Nashville. So a lot of fun. Nashville and Boston is probably my two favorites. Boston's pretty cool. Piggybacking that, I don't know if you've got a story or not, but it probably won't be short if you do. It's the guiltiest you ever played, or did you ever? tear it up and then find out you're playing the next night when maybe you thought you weren't playing or anything like that? Well, allegedly, uh, me and my line mates <laughs> were playing in LA and we got there, I think it was like a day early and, you know, we had some, uh, we went out for supper and had some, you know, uh, pops and, and had dinner and, you know, we were all in bed before 11 and uh, woke up the next morning feeling great. Like I said, we, uh, I think all three of us were actually a plus. I think uh, we had a goal and assist. And so, yeah, that was, that was probably, yeah, we played a little guilty that night. But it worked out first in our favor. We beat LA and I think we were, ended up, I think we were plus one or plus two. I can't remember. But <laughs> what would be your favorite, going way back, what would be like your favorite minor hockey league, say, you know, Sasky Barn to play in? Uh, you know what? The old barn in Kinnersley. Yeah. The, my favorite, uh, all time minor hockey, the hockey was, uh, when we ended up going, um, for winter games, uh, Saskatchewan winter games, we ended up, our zone winning, ended up winning the gold medal. So that was pretty cool. Least favorite Sasky barn growing up. And why was it Corrobert? Uh, it was tied between <laughs> Corrobert and Plenty. Oh yeah. Plenty, yeah. Yeah. Plenty was probably oh, the yeah. coldest barn I think I've ever played in in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, and Dodgeland was right up there too. Okay, I'm not you can't you can't say you can't say the two layups. You can't say Sid or Mario. Besides those two yeah. guys, who is who is the best all-around skilled player you ever played with? Oh, you know what? Actually, uh uh Madano was uh oh, was yeah. dead like he he was one of those guys that like it was i'll never forget it we were skating around in dallas and uh eric cole um got to know coles really well when he was in edmonton my first year and that was pretty cool he's uh you know won a stanley cup year before or two years before whatever it was and him and mike badano are are skating around and 
or I'm skating around and they're talking. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is the NHL. Like I grew up watching these guys. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, and then Madano, he had the hair, the long hair, and the pearly white teeth. And, and, you know, he had the, the sweater, you know, floating, waving, you know, you know, in the wind when he'd, when he'd skate. Oh my God. He was, he was pretty legit. All those guys from Detroit, obviously all those guys from Chicago, like Kane and Taves and oh my gosh, like, freaking Datsuk and you want to talk about intimidating is getting out on the line when you're playing out there against uh those guys uh from Detroit yeah you're looking to change real quick it's funny you say Medano that's actually uh one of our our part-time guests Barry that's his favorite player so my last question my last question that I'm gonna ask toughest guy you ever fought Wade Belock and Eric Goddard hands down Donald Brashear was the strongest by far um, but B-Lock, um, you know, I grew up watching B-Lock in, in, in uh, Saskatoon. And that was part of the reason why I wore 33. Um, you know, when I got my first kick in the can and kick at the can and in Saskatoon, he wore 33. And my uh, our, our, uh, trainer gave me 33 and said, here, here's a number for you. I was like, okay. So right off the hop, it was Martin McSorley and, and Wade B-Lock wore 33. So, you know, now I got some really big shoes to fill. And, and then, you know, we fought in Florida. Um, he ended up breaking my helmet and he hit me so hard. And uh, I ended up taking it off in the penalty box, looking at it. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I sent it over to him and I uh, got him to sign it. So that was kind of cool. But, uh, and then Eric Goddard, uh, I've got an internal scar from him. He broke my face. So he was, uh, those were two of the toughest guys I've ever fought by far. You seem like a, you know, you're a pretty easy going, laid back guy. Like when you, I guess two part, did you enjoy fighting? Like, did you, obviously you knew when you're getting in a lineup, you knew what you had to do, but did you enjoy it? Yeah, I don't know. I think if ever, you know, if, if you're going to be perfect, if I was going to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think you enjoy it necessarily. You don't play hockey to just do that like I played hockey to play hockey because I enjoyed the game that's how I was taught but then on the other hand I knew that I didn't have necessarily the skill set and then what kind of drove me is people saying oh well you're to this or you're to that or you're that and it just drove me and drove me drove me to prove those people wrong um to say I would enjoy it there was parts of it and I enjoyed the lead up. I didn't like at all, like going down the list and saying, okay, well, I'm going to fight that guy or I got to fight this guy or whatever. I didn't enjoy that at all, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed, you know, once you're engaged and once you're in the battle, you know, we're guys, we're wired, uh, we're wired that way, or at least I'd like to think we are, you know, we, we like conflict. We like wrestling. We like, you know, physical engagement. And I mean, uh, but to say, to answer your question, I, I don't think I, I, I didn't like it necessarily, but I, I knew that it was a, it was an opportunity to further my career and, and, and I wanted to see how far I could go with it. You liked what, you know, what it did for the rest of your life and being around the, the team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And no, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff like we were talking about that this morning. Um, with a friend of mine, like if you can go back to your earlier life and say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that because now you're, 
you know, your back's buggered up or, or your shoulders. But you know what? I, I was, uh, I'd like to think that I always had my teammates back. And to me, you know, that was my biggest, uh, that was my, that was why I did what I did is I always wanted to make sure that I had my teammates back and, and they knew that, uh, that I would be there for them. And that was, that was why I did it. Was it hard to fight somebody? Like if you weren't like super pissed at them or actually mad at them, like I imagine some of these, it's just kind of, you just drop them. Cause that's the guy you have to fight. Like, do you have to kind of, I mean, you, yeah. you, you have to have a little bit of a switch. I don't know necessarily if I was ever really pissed off. I, I kind of like I had, uh, was it back in 07? Yeah, it was 07. I really, we had, uh, I had my son and it was, it was almost like, it was almost like I went to another level of, you know, I fought, but then I grabbed another gear. Um, you know, I wanted to learn, I wanted to be good at my craft. You know, obviously every boxer wants to be, you know, the best and, and whether it's hand speed or whether it's, you know, working on skills. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go score 50 goals. Let's be honest. So I had to, if I wanted to do this, I had to, to, to get the right training. I had to get, you know, power skating. I had to be a better, better skater, better, you know, be able to handle the puck better. Um, and that's where Providence came in to play. Um, we had a skills coach, um, Paul Vincent, and he, he's like my second dad. Like he's my hockey dad. I love him. Like he's my own dad. And you know, I'll never forget when I first met him. I uh, he comes over and he said, "Hey, Mac, how you doing?" I said, "Oh, pretty good, Mister V." He said, "Well, Mac, uh, you know," and he's from Boston or uh, Falmouth, Massachusetts. And uh, he said to me, he "said Mac, what's your what's your goal?" I said, "Well, Mister V, I'd like to play in the NHL." He looked at me point blank. He said, "Mac, I got a better chance of dating Meg Ryan than you do playing in the NHL." And I mean, I'm like, ah. Oh. Talk about crushing. But he looked at me, he said, you know what, Maka? He said, uh, uh, you show up half hour after and work with me. You know, I'll give you, I'll, I'll work with you and get you where, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can. You know, it's all ultimately up to you. But he says, the first day that you miss, he said, we're done. And I never missed a day. And Mr. V kept to his word. And then Doug Smith, uh, he came into the picture. And Dougie Smith worked on my other, my other aspects of my game, like my fighting. He got it to where, um, you know, I was able to do different things and able to, to read different things. And, and it was more strategic and how to do things a certain way to get, you know, an end result. And, and I was always a student, um, like I was always willing to learn. I'm not the quickest learner, but I was always, uh, you know, as persistent and I was, I was, uh, uh, enthusiastic. And, and like I said, I was willing to learn, willing to pay the price to, to be the best I could be. And if it wasn't for those two guys, I would never had a chance. And, uh, I could proudly say that, um, love those guys and I owe them everything. Well, Steve, appreciate you coming on and we look forward to, uh, seeing your name on a senior hockey roster and, uh, hopefully we find that out before we put out our preseason top 10, because, uh, I can picture some like 19 year old kid who's just joining senior and lines up across from you just shitting bricks. So thanks guys for having me on. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. And like I said, I'm happy to be back here in Saskatchewan and, and uh, part of the community. Stevie Mac boys, big Mac.
what a beauty. Uh, I'll tell you. I mean, you look at that career. There's, it's never going to happen like that again in this day and age. There's no way a kid is going to go through that type of stuff and, and end up getting to the show. It's just not going to happen anymore. Unbelievable. Like what a, what a ride. And it was just so cool. To listen to him and how emotionally got a eh, boss. Like he was uh, very, very, you could tell he was very appreciative of everything and very, uh, everything meant a lot to him. He was, he was a good guy. Yeah. Belts loved when he was uh, talking about, like he was getting emotional. Like you said, he was literally wiping his eyes while we were talking and, and uh, pretty cool. 28 years old to get to the highest level. And his story about, Ethan Morrow looking at him and saying, like, I wish more guys appreciated this as much as you do. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was one of the cooler stories we've heard in a while, too. And just uh, a grind to get there. But Steve McIntyre, weapon from Brock, Saskatchewan, and possibly playing in the Sask uh, West this, this year. We'll have to watch for that. And a little love from my boss there at Ritchie Brothers Auctioneers, Jordan Clark, who uh, was one of his teammates in PA. They had a bunch of heavies on that team, too. Old Clarky belts. I don't know if... Uh, would you have ever played against him? He's a he's a tough bugger too. I don't know. I don't know what years he played. I don't know if we ended up playing against each other or not. But uh, I know I had a place right beside him at the lake and drank some beers with him. And uh, yeah, I would not want to mess with him in any stretch of the imagination. I played senior against him. If that counts, he had big his big legs, big ass. In front of the net, just you know, oh, yeah, he's a big rig man. He was a force. He still lives right in Rolo. That's yeah, the Richie right next to the uh, to the auction site. There, speaking of that auction site, big sale November eighteenth. Anybody's got any consignments there? Uh, looking to sell something, clear up some cash before year end in the agricultural industrial world. Richie Brothers Auctioneers, bunch of other sales here too, guys. I'm going to be. We had a tough time organizing the show here this week. I've got like full fledged farm sale central till about. Uh, End of November, so just a heads up. Can Shinks can Shink send down some like old memorabilia, maybe like an old Peloton because he's upgrading? Can you guys get rid of that in the, at the auction? Yeah. My old lady rides that thing every day. Loves it. That no pel- comment. The Peloton, uh, <laughs> that's, hey, I only got till a certain time here, and then it's Workout Central down here. It's not bad to watch sometimes, to be can honest. Can we leave the recording in progress? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Hey. That would get more likes on our Twitter from all the DJs that follow us. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's a nice watch. Sometimes we've been married for thirteen years, and I still like watching it. Um, <laughs> hey, why wouldn't a guy get back to uh, to hockey? You know, I would. Doesn't Rolo have a like a rec tournament or something? We should go down there and play in it, or at least hang out. That is like a cool barn. I love that town of Rolo. Really small. Isn't uh, Mark Westrom down there? I think Western Lumber Timber Mart, they're down yeah. there. We can go down there. Westrom, yeah. yeah. Westrom Do Lumber. some buzzing. Get them to maybe, you know, build us some nooner chairs. We could lounge, make us some lounge chairs. We could lay out in down there. Hey. I, I, I've heard his commercials lots. I can, like, a Cinnaboy, a Moose Jaw, Rollo and Wayburn. Western Lumber Timber Mart. That's a catchy Pretty little catchy. jingle. It I is just, a catchy jingle, yeah. I just heard it the other day in the uh, in the Ryder uh, post-game show. And then, yeah, so you talk to your boss there. What's going on at the Rolo rink? But last year, he was giving us good updates on uh, on ice. That's another thing that we should start in the next little while here. Small towns that are renting ice and their hourly uh, yeah. prices around the cities, not just Regina, but but all over. If you got a you know a rink and you guys got some availability coming up, shoot us a DM. We're, that's what we're here for, right? Um, to uh, to help. Or, any, or even, like you said, like, rec- like I'm pretty sure that tourney, 
he told me is their biggest fundraiser of the year and they couldn't have it because of COVID like the last few years. So even small town stuff like that, like that's the stuff we want to get out there. Like uh, the Ituna Progi Cup, stuff like that. We don't mind mentioning that stuff. Yeah. And if we have a driver, we'll go. Didn't we establish yeah, that? <laughs> I got a place to stay. I played out there two years ago. They said anytime. Basement. Uh, let's go. Ituna. Ituna. Well, boys, we kind of got off the rails, but uh, interview wrap up. 2020 Geomatics, Malcolm Vanstone, locally owned and operated land surveying firm. You guys uh, want to move some land around, cut it up, chop it up, phone Malcolm. He'll come out there buzzing, white truck. He won't wear his, I promise he won't wear his white sunglasses, backwards hat, his jacked up truck, but he'll definitely come out there with his truck and his quad and get you all staked out and ready to rock and roll. So Malcolm does a lot for the community and uh, yeah, phone 2020 Geomatics. Let him take care of uh, all your land serving needs. He won't look like Barry in that picture on his missing poster, white sunglasses, <laughs> bandana. <laughs> <laughs> that picture was like 15 years old. It was like on the trays of more. It was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I had a few people yeah, be like, what <laughs> the? And like, that picture is from like 2007. <laughs> people. The picture is like from 2021, January. Okay, boys, it's time to get into uh, senior hockey stuff. We got the senior soiree and a little interview with Paco coming up on the Coppell Valley Hockey League and the Highway Hockey League. He's going to talk about that. I really think those team, those two leagues are just going to join. I think in the next little bit here, they're just going to finally say, you know what, let's just combine for this year. Brandon's making us a trophy. And the Monday Nooner is going to sponsor the uh, the champions, the best regular season record. That's what we'll do. It'll be our trophy. So I, I uh, we, we got a message sent into us on the South or Sask East Hockey League. Uh, first one of the year. Thanks to those guys for uh, the shout out here. They're adopting the mandatory vaccine policy, players, coaches, managers, refs. It's uh, on teams to make sure. Not sure how many teams it's going to affect. Esther Hazy took a year leave of absence. Uh, lack of manager and players. Mooseman has moved to the Big Six Hockey League. Whitewood Orioles accepted into the SEHL. Previously, they were in the THL and the Q. Eight teams for 2021, scheduling October 14th. So the teams are in that one, Theodore, Brennanberry, Rokenville, Whitewood, Langenberg, Kenora, Ituna, Hudson Bay, Hunters. There we go. So 14 games this year. Uh, all eight will make the playoffs. So that's the Sask East Hockey League update there. Thanks to whoever sent that in to us. Hey, and always DM us. We're going to uh, pass on the info. Insider's phone is buzzing here in the Long Lake. Obviously one of the premier leagues in the province. Haven't heard a ton. Well, we did hear a rumor that Watchers might not have a team. And then we cleared up a few weeks ago. They will. They've just lost a lot of their studs. So we're going to be looking different this year. But hearing Leroy, the Braves, who are always a good good wagon, are looking at taking a year leave of absence, having a hard time finding the uh, the numbers allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, we could get we could be getting hate mail again here. Oh, here I go. don't want to be taking phone calls tomorrow afternoon in the middle of the workday. I so. love that Leroy. <laughs> I go out there for the lottery every year. That's uh, that's good times. Hopefully they're not. I was a Leroy Braves for a quick run in provincials a couple of years. That's that'd be unfortunate because they got a brand new rink. Or pretty, pretty two new. quick games and you didn't go to the road game or what? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah first game was Minnesota and second game in Watson it was uh, they played in Watson it was a bigger barn than the old one but oh that'd be unfortunate man that Leroy that's a that's a hell of a franchise so hopefully that's uh yeah hearsay fake news mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so let's get into the interview here boys and uh senior soiree belts is gonna tee it up in the interview but here is Chris 
Paco. All right, boys, time for the senior soiree. And as always, brought to you by Sport Clips, Regina, Saskatoon. Hop on over there, get a uh, buzz cut or get your hair trimmed up. Maybe get a shave, get the old stash trimmed up. You can do it all over there at Sport Clips. Get that hot towel on your face, a little head massage. Go see the gals and boys over there. Who do we got tonight, uh, Shank? Quapel Valley Hockey League, Presidente. El Prez. Paco. What's up, Chris Pollock over there hanging out? First time on the program in a in a long time. That must mean senior hockey season is uh, is right around the corner. Um, let's well, let's first off start with uh, how things have been going for you. Has it been a bit of a headache as a, as a president trying to get your league uh, all the ducks in a row? Uh, it hasn't been too bad. It, it's we're only a five team league, and then working with Jerry, the president of the Highway League, and and uh, getting that back and forth. So. Sort of tag team in this, so they got their teams and uh, we got ours, and plan on moving uh, forward. But it hasn't been too bad. These guys are itching to go. It's been uh, ten months, really, since uh, maybe eleven months since there's been senior hockey. So uh, guys are ready to go and and uh, excited about it. I think so. Not no headaches yet. So, so you mentioned you got five teams this year from the Coppell Valley. We just got to. Got to ask you, there's been some rumblings. Does that include the Belgoni Bisons? Yes. Yes. Did that uh, ruffle feathers, eh? So, um, yeah, they seem to be fine. And uh, I've had a couple skates. I live in Belgoni too. So I get, uh, I hear a few more things, right? So they've been skating the last couple of weeks. And, and uh, um, no, I didn't go count vehicles, Barney, but uh, <laughs> they have a team. And, uh, and yeah, no issues there, apparently. So all good. We're going to pull up a couple of their practices on Live Barn, but we haven't uh, got around to it yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not scared. They're skating under an alias. They're keeping everybody uh, yeah, guessing. So what teams What teams are all back then in the uh, in the Quebec, in the Coppel? Who's, all, who's lined oh, up this year? Yeah. Our regular uh, five that we've had the last few years, Belcaris, uh, Belgoni, Grenfell, Milestone, and Odessa Vibank. And so you are talking currently in talks with the Highway League to interlock or have one big league or w- well, where do you think that's going to go? It's we're playing each other. That's one thing. I, I it's difficult to at this point uh, decipher what that means. Is it one league or are we just interlocking? We have to go about a vaccination policy as one league, um, and so that's the way we understand it. And so. Um, we will push forward with that as, uh, you know, our two leagues together as one and what that means moving forward. Don't know. We don't, you know, haven't gotten into name changes. We both have different historical trophies and all those types of things. So it's just, it just for this year, it's one league, whatever you want to call it, Capel Valley Highway Hockey League. Or, so that's what we're uh, in- intending on going to and, uh, um, we'll see where that goes. I know you want to jump in here. I know you want to jump in here, Brandon, but maybe we should uh, make, put forth a Monday nooner trophy, and that goes to the team with the best interlocking schedule. <laughs> or be- best, I guess, best record in that interlocking schedule. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't? Well, this is okay. I was going to go to Value Village and just redo one of those trophies and... <laughs> Sponsored, sponsored by One for the Road. We need to start a non-alcoholic beer. No free ads, but we'll. Uh... There we go. 
So five teams out of the Klopal League. You mentioned you're interlocked, like forming one league for this season. How many teams are coming out of the Highway League? We've heard they might be down a few from from previous. Yeah, I think they have some uh, ups and downs. I think everyone you guys have talked about before that uh, Raymore might be in trouble there, and uh, um, and that Cupar um, could be coming in. So I don't want to speak on behalf of the Highway League. I think uh, I think they'll have uh, five teams or four teams. Uh, um, and uh, we'll let that play out uh, um, for the most part. Vaccination policies, like where do you guys stand right now? You said it hasn't been that difficult. Everyone is kind of prepared for this. I, I think based on real life scenarios, I think most guys are uh, were understanding where this was going. Um, and it, it's been a bit of a, um, a surprise, I would say, on the side of uh, – on the vaccine uh, policy to, with our discussions with our teams, it doesn't seem to be an issue. We've got, you know, the majority of our teams have just said, yeah, not an issue. Had a couple uh, um, guys say that, Hey, we've got one player that's unvaccinated another team, two players, but they're on their way getting their stuff done. And so that was a big surprise for me to have, you know, less than five players from the existing five teams. Um, not not being vaccinated now that might be guys that were teams are just willing to speak about um you know if there's guys that you know don't have the greatest commitment and maybe not on the top of the the score sheet I, I, those teams probably don't worry too much about those guys but not an issue um that's the path everyone wants to head down i think wearing masks on the ice is a bit of a, a non-starter for most teams and and uh, like it just you talk about scrum like it's bad enough in the return to play documents where you're not even supposed to have scrums um, anymore, let alone have a mask on. Right. And then if that mask gets pushed down, what are you doing? How do you deal with that? Right. Whose fault is that? Is it the person who pulled the mask down or is it the, you know, the, the player wearing it? And um, so a lot of issues there, um, but uh, no, no appetite to wear masks. Everyone wants to head down that vaccination policy. And, and so, um, SHA has been working on that, uh, SHA hockey, Saskatchewan. Uh, I work for the SHA hockey, Saskatchewan is, uh, um, helping us out with some documents and creating policies for us. And then, so we can use in our leagues and, um, that'll start rolling out and we'll see, uh, see how it goes. But every, I, I, I'd be interested. I don't know what you guys know, but I, all the leagues that I've talked to or her second out information in the South are all going the vaccination route. So I don't I don't know much about the north, but uh, I think when you get into the deeper rural areas, it might be a little bit different. But um. I heard and Shane, I don't know if you heard anything I've heard in that southwest corner. So that would be the Nauticue. There's some teams from the Nauticue Hockey League there. I've heard some of those towns have like 20 percent vaccination. And that could be hearsay. You know, I'm not Ted Koppel digging up. But so if that's the case in some of those leagues, what is it, the Nauticue? And if the white mud still goes, maybe that's a pocket of the world where they're like so anti-vaxxed and they just, yeah, probably won't play, I guess. Yeah, I heard the, sorry, Bells. I heard the Sask West and the, uh, is doing the vaccination. And I heard that's the way the Sask Elta is uh, just a matter of getting it official. But just talked to a guy there earlier today. Hey Chris, uh, any any big signings, any big sticks and gas you're hearing, any big uh, flip flops, guys moving around, uh, anything good? Um, nothing too crazy. I think uh, 
Um, I think Bell Karras has, has got the spoils from Raymore um, that a lot of people were trying to get. Um, and they earned them. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. So um, they got their guys. and and uh, But, no, I haven't heard anyone new. It's going to be interesting. My biggest thing this year, trying to get uh, some of the rumors or, you know, just what teams are doing is – from what teams had last year based on players that had, didn't have a place to go, whether that was Europe or, or, or semi-pro or CIS, is did those players go back to where they're playing or are they sticking around? And so we've heard some some guys have, have not returned to school, but they've start starting to push that semi-pro uh, career. And uh, um, and so we'll see where, where all that goes. But, yeah. Some of the boys probably dancing around with a farmer's daughter, brought in an RTM to live on the yard there, probably going to pit in and just play some senior. Yeah, Go, going to the – met some gal at the Grayson Boxing Day dance in the in, in Barn 21 or whatever the heck it oh, is. Oh, <laughs> just garlic burps from the sausage to boot. <laughs> um, what uh, – what, so when – when is your league firing here? Like uh, teams where you said are already skating. When are you guys looking at starting? Is the schedule up? So, yeah, I would think most teams are skating. There's a few t- teams. I don't think uh, Milestone would just be putting their ice in right around now. And uh, um, a lot of teams. Here's the other part too. We start. I don't want to head down the rabbit hole too far, but a lot of rink boards haven't had their meetings yet. Aren't haven't released what their uh, specifications will be in regards to masks or masking in their facility um, or vaccination policies within the facility as well. Um, and then um, at the end of the month, that last week, October, I think the government of Saskatchewan has a, has an update on, on masking. Um, I think uh, they had said that this was temporary. Masking was temporary. Um, I think cases around four and 500 uh, a day, would lead you to believe that that isn't going to be temporary. So we would hope that that number comes down, but that's one thing that we've said is, Hey, go about your ice sessions, uh, continue to make your teams through this month. There's no, no reason to jump on a schedule right now. And when we're not going to be starting till mid to late November. Um, and so we're going to wait uh, hopefully and see what the government says and see if they changes the, um, any of the, the restrictions. Cause that, that could hurt. It, it, remember this guys. When hockey was shut down last November, there was only 400 cases in Saskatchewan. Total cases. Yeah. So we're substantially above that right now. And so it doesn't mean that we're heading that way because I don't think we'll shut the way the environment is with the government and and things like that. I don't expect sports to be shut down. I don't expect school to be shut down. But restrictions will stick around. That would be my prediction. Um, and if that means no fans in building, like, I, I just don't know where we're going with this. And, and so, um, there's a lot of things that be sorted out. And I think senior hockey is what, one good thing about senior is the SJ is going, the Western league's going, triple A is going, we're going to see what, how everything goes with them. Although the, the Melville thing is a bit of a mystery. I hope one of you can dig into that and see what the heck happened there. But, but, uh, um, at least we got some other ones doing a bit of a template for us and see how successful they are. And if they can keep going, then we should be fine. Um, it's not like we're bringing 500 to a thousand people in a rink in December. It's, it's 75 to 150 in those places. When Wadena takes on Craig, hold ah. the phones. That could be your only. 
what uh and it's way too early i understand this question might might not be suited for october the 7th but uh provincials have you heard anything about that like i heard somebody say to me oh there's a good chance provincials won't be happening already like have you yeah, heard well, any I, of that i i haven't heard that but based on existing things that we've heard um just anecdotal stuff like if you can't play interlocking schedules between two leagues and it's really just one league why would you be allowed to play other teams in provincial run so that's one part of it secondly teams that are you picking masking or are you picking vaccinations because masking leagues can't play vaccinated leagues or vaccinated vaccinated policy leagues um so that stuff would all need to be sorted out as well. But as of right now, I would I would tell leagues if if they were asking my advice is just worry about your league, and I wouldn't even be thinking too much about provincials. That's going to shake itself out, and and if things stay the same the way they are, they're not going to allow provincials. Um, I just don't see it. What leagues are going? Sorry if I missed this. What leagues are going masking? Do we know well, any? It'd be every league that doesn't take the vaccination policy. That's your only choice. You have two choices. Have you heard of one though? No, yeah. I have not. The the closest I had heard to it was the Big Six, and then they got that sorted out in their meeting last Monday Monday night. We had heard rumors that two league two teams were going to shut her down, and those two teams didn't shut it down, and another team shut it down. I think Arcola just took a year of leave of absence, but I think that was more than just COVID stuff. I think they were having player issues too. Okay, well. We're going to be leaning on you, I'm sure, in the next uh, month quite a bit. We'll keep uh, keep you up to date. Tell all your uh, your guys in Belgonia there we apologize a little bit for that. Uh, hey, we're, we were just passing the on. The funniest, what even made it more just, I was just dying, was the press release. Good God. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I uh, I really thought you were going to get more excited about the trophy idea. I'm not going to lie to you, Paco, but hey, I guess. Well, maybe try another league. Bell well, on deaf ears. Do you, do you know what's funny is I got a brand new trophy that we went and designed with uh, Barkers because Milestone had too much fun. They had the Alex Ovechkin uh, um, treatment of our old trophy, and it came back in about 11 pieces. So we brought, the, brought it into uh, uh, Barkers and got a new trophy made, and it's been like – four or five hundred dollar trophy no six hundred dollar trophy it's unreal it's big and just like it lots of history on it going right back into the 60s with all our um teams that have won the championship we have yet to give it out two years in a row sitting in my garage with a bag around it so it doesn't get lost i know uh i know one team that was one and oh against the belcaris bronx last year so you could have gave it to them that was the uh, that was the monday nooner the first ones First ones to drink out of it and just and <laughs> videotape and let those those guys see that. If people don't know, we uh, we brought the uh, Monday Nooner ragtag crew out to Balcaris. They didn't have all their studs, but a few of them, and uh, we mopped them. It wasn't really mopping, but we beat them in their own barn in a little exhibition contest. It was a lot of fun. It was hush-hush there. There was a lot of people wanting to go to that game, but... No fans in the stands. So, yeah, we were one to know. We can drink out of that thing first, Paco. Let us know uh, when it's available. And you know Brandon's creative. If he, because uh, he doesn't have, you know, he's got time on his hands. He's going to watch. He's going to go to Value Village. He's going to get a nice trophy. We're going to get this done. One team's going to be lucky. <laughs> you should do that. That's fun. Then you have to come out and. Come on, present it on a Friday night at that home rink. Absolutely. I'm sure GW will come in and they'll kick in a little prize pack. 
it's uh it's gonna be nice okay thanks a lot paco we'll be talking to you again thanks, paco. take care bye-bye see ya hey thanks paco for coming on uh obviously we recorded with him a couple nights ago guys i don't want to uh well, well we'll say it anyway so paco gave some details on that uh, highway hockey league and copel valley collaborating this year since we recorded with him i heard it's been confirmed that cupar and raymar raymore are out for sure so there's going to be four teams coming over from the Highway League to create a nine-team league this year, interlocking uh, 16-game home-and-home schedule. Just makes so sense. It, play just each makes- it does. It makes good sense. Nine teams, that's a good league. Then you're buzzing, and you know what? You're not like four teams, and you like, hey, I won the championship. Who cares? Best Nine, part- where you go. Best part about that, Belts, is quick trip to Lumsden to heckle Gubba when the Bronx play there. Oh, for sure. I'll bring a sign. And eggs. those leagues though, like no matter where you play in those leagues, if you, if you're based out of Regina, you're not really going more than an hour in any direction. Really? Beautiful. For the most part, they're all pretty central. Like it's a good travel league anyway, for imports, big double lane highway guy. So I like that. Uh, Lumsden, uh, Lumsden yep. Balgonies actually, yeah. Balgonies not bad. You start getting out of Balcarries, trip. those Renfell is like an hour, like that's not a big deal on the number one. No, when... Didn't those teams have different import rules? Like in the like one the leagues league, were a local after so many years or whatever. So if they and I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but if that is true, then over the course of time, if they are going to combine, those would obviously have to be uh equal playing field. But anyway, that's Another story for another time. Let's uh, let's stay on the senior thing here. Let's give a guy. I know we did shout-outs a long time ago. Let's give a shout-out here to Cody Dumain. Dumaine? Dumaine? However you say his name. He messaged us because... They're enough weapon. Yeah, they're uh, they want to fire up their beer deal. And, of course, Great Western Brewing and 016, sponsor of the pod. You just direct message us. And we will give you the info on getting hooked up with those guys. And you're going to be set up on the beer deal throughout the year. And we might have another little uh, promo coming up with the good guys at Great Western Brewing where it's even more incentive for your senior team to be uh, guzzling GWs this year. Yeah, so DM us if you need a contact on that. You're going to be drinking beer anyway. Or if you even even better yet, if you have a bar in your rink and you run it, oh, that, that deal just makes so much sense to me. And then, yeah, you might as well buy Last Mountain Distillery while you're at it too, right? Just makes sense. Hubs is doing a good job for old GW because I cover the Southeast and every town, like their bar, it's all GW branded, like in the windows, stickers and on the menu. Like he's got a lot of a lot of taps in Southeast Saskatchewan for, uh, for Great Western products. And I did want to mention, I stopped back in at the Tower Cafe Belts in uh, yep. Estevan. Our mm-hmm. buddy Danny, when when Barry was away there, the guest co-host. Yep. I got Boy. his recommendation about what to order for lunch. Yep. That was good. The, Calif- the uh, Carolina barbecue chop house burger. Oh, yeah. It's a nice little lunch. And the guy there, I think he might have been the owner, actually, threw in a free drink. He just said, here's a free Coke for you. Wow. That was a pretty nice gesture. Coca-Cola product. No, that's, uh, yeah, Hubsy does great work out there. He needs to take some Monday Nooner stickers when he's going to some of these uh, taverns and get those stickers up there. And if he really wants to set himself apart from the other beer reps in the province, and that's his er- territory, let's get an 016 house coat for Myrna. Like, yeah. But do the visual. That that just puts you at another level, Hubsy. Be buzzing. <laughs> double, double logoed. <laughs> Monday nooner on one 
O sixteen on the other. I, I was picturing just a lot of little O sixteen logos everywhere. And get, and get her some slippers too. Like we're doing it up. We may as well get her slippers too. Like get her a set. What a nice flip flops. What a great human being. So are we gonna do uh take a seat, son, this week for the rusty shovel. And uh anything you need there, your landscape professionals in the uh Regina and area, anything you need done. Uh, I, I kind of did all mine off the hop, I think, in the tirade. There was a lot of fire there. I don't, you guys want to start it? Go ahead. Take a seat, son. I'll just say, and this is about a week old, but uh, it came out right after our last episode. Justin Trudeau, take a seat. Take a seat, son. Like, uh, did we not know any better than to vote this guy back in? But like, so he comes up with a national day for truth and reconciliation, which I'm 100% on board with. I think we yeah. need to acknowledge the history of residential schools and what happened and we need to understand what happened before we can reconcile with the uh, indigenous community so i'm totally okay with that holiday day happening but this was justin who pushed this through and said it was a good idea then you take a private jet to tofino on that day like wait until the next day like come on take a seat trudeau embarrassing take a seat son and you tie your windbreaker around your waist and walk around the <laughs> yeah. beach. Take a seat again. Take a seat, son. Yeah, nice move. Like his wife must be looking at him and going, "Oh, this is my." I could do so much better. Like, wouldn't the people guy. that he consults with, like, "Hey, it's uh, this holiday that I created for truth and reconciliation. I'm just going to take the charter to Tofino to, to, to the beach." Like, wouldn't somebody be like, yeah. "Maybe not a great idea, Justin." <laughs> like, could, yeah. Could have better. People can trace the jets that fly across the country, and when they see a private charter from Ottawa to Tofino, they're probably going to jump all over that. Like brutal. Anyway, old news now, but take a seat. Could go on to that for a long time. Uh, My first take a seat, son. The grown man that has kids that still dresses like a gangster. What are you doing? Take a seat, son. Like the the straight brim cap backwards, the baggy pant, the chain and the baggy sweater at your sport at your kids' sports games. You're an adult now. You look like a freaking cartoon character. Take a seat. That is funny. Take a seat, son. Yeah, mine mine's quick. Mine's just uh, you know, I've been dealing with it a lot this week. Is these again, we go into the anti vaxxers like we get it. We know you don't want to get vaccinated. We understand. We've understood for months. We don't care anymore. Piss off. Leave everybody alone. You're going to have, it's going to come. And I mean, I know it's unfortunate, but it's going to come a time where you're not going to be able to leave your own property unless you're vaccinated. It is going to come at some point in time. So just take a seat, piss off, be nice to people and piss off. It's so annoying. Take a seat, son. I got, okay. On the heels of that, I even got one more. The people who are taking out the vaccine passports on like workers at restaurants. What is it? 70% of of us are vaccinated. So like we should be normal human beings here. We're all good. We all did the good thing. And really it takes 3.5 seconds to pull it up on your phone and let them scan it. It's take a seat. It's not that hard of a thing. Take a seat, son. I actually didn't realize it was full. Like go to the liquor store. You got to show it and everything. Hey, oh, wow. Really? I don't know if it's mandated all those, but I went to get a case of beer last Friday and I just wasn't prepared. I was okay with it, but I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was like stores and stuff too, but got to keep one in the wallet. Yeah. Like got my lucky logger. There's a guy outside, couldn't get in. So he asked me to buy him a case of lucky. Didn't have his vaccine. 
Lucky, you know what Lucky Lager reminds me of? Let's go to a deep cut on the way out this week. Lucky Love. Remember when Ace of Base came out with that? <laughs> Lucky Love. I thought that was a toe tapper. Lucky Lager uh, always reminds me of that. Yeah. I don't know. Is that the end of the show? Done. Is it the end you of the take show? Take a seat. Rusty Shovel. Yeah. Sean Steffen. Hey, you know what? You know one thing I do want to mention before we before we get out of here? I, I, I read it this week. Last Mound Distillery. If you guys are looking for, hey, you know what? If you, you hate your job right now, you go, you know what? I'm going to go work at Last Mountain. They're looking for a production assistant. And uh, yeah, go out there, see Braden and the, and the fellas out there, and uh, they'll get and you ladies. up. And ladies. ladies. Sorry, yeah. Give them your resume, and hopefully they get back to you. Brandon doesn't have much luck with people getting back to him when he sends his resume in, but I'm Brandon, sure you'll have uh, better luck. luck. Buy that. Uh, I'll call play, you whatever I want. Buy that you Play know 92. You've done 75 twirls. <laughs> play 92 vodka, and then you get the QR code, and you can win a hot tub or a trip to Mexico. And it's Last Mountain Vodka. It's good times. Alrighty, let's uh, let's get out of here. That was a long show. Another couple hours for the people here. Uh, Twirl seventy five. Hope everybody enjoys their week and deep cut. To oh, take I will. Us out. Oh, I'll be enjoying my week. I'll be sending you guys pictures. Where are you going? To uh, La Jord. or no? Where was that town? Synergy AG La Jord slash Louvain location. I'm Burtonton. He's going to Glen Ewan. Red Devils. <laughs> Playing this the shuffle tournament in uh, Myrna's basement. Uh, all right, see you next I've week. I've got in. Oh, we could go on all night. Goodbye. Goodbye.